I'm curious to see how the audio works out for this. We're doing a little test recording in Zoom instead of Skype. See if the audio quality is any better. Mm. Yeah, after Skype <laughs> blew their 17-year lead or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But you're you're still using just like the computer mics right now, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, shall we dive in? Why as well? Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Great. Just, Great. you know, weird sleep schedule, sore back. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Otherwise, it's the same old, same old. Uh, although it seems like most of the world's just not really taking shelter in place seriously anymore. No, the world is fucked. Yeah. People are stupid. I don't know. It's weird. Like I see people online and they're just like, like people are sick of being in quarantine. It's like, yeah, I get that. Like we're all sick, but like, uh, that doesn't mean the virus is just going to be like, Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, my bad dog. Yeah. Shit. I didn't realize you were sick of it. Fuck. I hate to be a house guest. So overstays huh? are welcome. No psych. I'm a virus bitch. It's like, Oh, you did a couple months. Yeah. You, you know, you, you earned it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Tell you what, I'm only going to kill half your family. <laughs> oh my I mean, god! I think one like, thing if like everybody was out in masks, it'd be like, okay, we're going to start getting out in public more, but we're going to be like careful when around each other. But no, that's not the thing. Uh, my favorite tweet of the day is: uh, if you think the mask infringes on your liberty, uh, you're going to hate that coffin. <laughs> uh, we're all fucked. We're fucked. Like the. Oh my god! A it's it's weeks, weird to think about that, like, that count's going to be a bloodbath, like World War Two, and like it's like oh, like you know, women couldn't didn't have lipstick because all the you know rubber or whatever was like going to the front. Um, mm-hmm. Somehow they managed, but like I don't know, modern Americans, we just we suck. We we cannot rise to the challenge. Uh, the worst generation, yeah. <laughs> the absolute worst generation. Really, Britain, this one, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck, man. Like, you know, here's the thing about the the coming bloodbath of numbers. I would love to be wrong. Sure. Yeah. Like, this is not something where I, I want to, I told you so, you know. I mean, like, God, I don't want to visit you at your Zoom funeral telling you I told you so. Although, kudos to anyone who works that into a eulogy. No, I'm kidding. That's horrible. Never mind. All right. Well, in happier news, what are you watching right now? Oh, uh, man, I've been watching... Um, like older black and white movies. I don't know why what, or what inspired that. Hmm. I want to start the great, but I, I haven't yet. Okay. Yeah. That's mostly just what I've been watching besides Buffy, of course. Um, taking it slow. You know, I'm up to episode four now. I feel like I don't mm-hmm. need to do more than a couple of week, but I'm enjoying it. I mean, Elle Fanning is very good. She doesn't maybe have quite the, uh, the fun role that Nicholas Holt has. Mm-hmm. He's just like a fucking maniac. Like he really manages to go back and forth between like, kind of like this likable man child to like a psychotic madman. You play that enough times and I wonder it's just as <laughs> Nicholas Holt is. Like there's I don't want to give everything away, but in episode three there's like this moment where he really turns on a dime from, from like it seems like, oh look at that. Like he's kind of crying and maybe he's like, you know, finding some introspection. 
and then mm-hmm. he just fucking like murders someone. <laughs> You're like, wow. Okay. Nice. It's a lot of stuff about the rumor. That's in there. Yeah. Okay. Nay means nay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, it's fun. I'm, I don't know a ton about Catherine the Great's history, and I've been like, forced myself not to go look at Wikipedia to just like kind of let the show play out. I'm sure it's not like entirely accurate, but it's probably not at all. It's probably at least broadly historically accurate, you know, it's like the major events. So I'm trying to avoid those. She's an interesting lady. Yeah. Um, Cool. All right. I hope to start watching it this week. I like, I've been watching these like old, like forties movies. Like what what kind of movies? Like what genre or, um, Mostly like mystery, some noir, some, I don't know, some, some black and white crime movies, even if they come out like in the 40s and 50s, I'm still like reticent to say, oh, that's noir. Um, like I was watching a movie called The Seventh Victim, which is like 46, which is about secretly like Satan worshippers killing people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's weird to see these figures too, or like it's like the guy who's like clearly the scumbag who's like manipulating the young girl and he's married to her sister. And it's like, oh yeah, in 10 years he'll be Ward Cleaver. Um, right. I feel like I'm 100 now because everyone who listens to this podcast is younger. That's the dad from Leave It to Beaver. I'm uh-huh. sorry. Back when guys had names like Ward. Mm. I hate that I just well actually myself on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you listening to? Um, man, just all over the place. Music, um, just downloading random songs here and there. Working on my end of 2020 list, I guess, or looking at it. End of um, 2020. Wow, that's ambitious. Well, no, no, my um, you know, I, I add throughout the year to sure. my end of the year list. So I was just kind of looking back at at some of that. <laughs> like, what what weird music have I been listening to in these? Five months. What was the hot quarantine jam of 2020? Seriously. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I don't really know. Just my usual danger playlist, I guess. What are you reading? Um, Still theoretically making my way through The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert, but not really. Mm. I um, finally picked up In Earnest for Real, Ninth House, and I'm almost done, and I'm loving it. really really good uh, i think you might actually like this book though i know me saying that means you'll never read it that's uh, possible yeah yeah um and then i think maybe tomorrow i'll start the hunger games prequel i don't know do i hate myself maybe i maybe just I wanted do. to know if the book is the same size physically as the other books because i don't want to so. go order a book and have it like not fit in on the shelf with the other ones that's a very real concern yeah i it mean is, i'm more concerned it is, is a the, real concern is, I'm concerned, is the book good? Is it necessary? Does Young Snow fuck? I'm just literally trying to ju- judge a book you know, by its shape and its cover there. It's it's girth, really, mm-hmm. is what you're after. Well, no, it's, really, and honestly, it's, it's the height. Well, but when you combine the two, when you open it up and you see how it fits in the thing, it's the yaw. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying when there's like a series of books and... Some of them are clearly in one style and then they just like change styles or start making them a different size. Like, what are you doing? I think the style would be more of my concern than the size, but yeah, yeah I hear you. I mean, I guess you could go out of your way to, uh, never mind. Well, like the, the, one of the Witcher books I have is like smaller than the rest. And it's like, why? Yeah. But there's not like an edition of it. That's... As far, I've looked as far as I can tell, they just like 
like one of them is like the kind of like um like mass market paperback size i guess you'd call that like the kind of small size yeah and then like the others are the bigger like trade paperback size mm-hmm. and it's like just like between book one and two they just change their minds it's like why did you do that <laughs> i feel like i haven't really cracked a mass market paperback in a while a long while yeah, I don't know that, that back in the '90s, that was like just like the normal paperback size. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's what we like got. Those yeah. my my old like Star Wars EU books were all that size. You go to get a new book, you go get a used book. It's going to be mass market paperback, unless you're buying the hardcover, which at the time to me was like such a different how, thing. How much is big. the hardcover of uh, the Songs and Snowbirds? Like fifty dollars or something? <laughs> it's probably in the twenty to thirty. It's probably no more than thirty four. My guess. I, I'm not talking like how much it's for, on sale for, but like the actual retail price. Yeah. Right. So let's see. Songbirds and snakes. I'm going to guess $39.99. Let's see here. It's got to be less than that. Oh, the songbirds and snakes. Uh, okay. Well, it's showing at $16.79, but that, okay. List price is $27.99. That's not too bad. That's cheaper actually than, uh, than a lot of these books are. Hmm. Because like I feel like a Neil Stevenson book these days is like getting up there. Well, yeah, you got to pay for all those trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see how much. Yeah, the list price of the last Neil Stevenson hardcover is thirty five dollars. I mean, I. I mean, I guess I kind of have to order this if it's only seventeen bucks, right? You have to. Yeah. Gun to your head. Um, you gotta, you gotta really fucking justify a book being over 40 bucks and i mean like uh like a novel or whatever like yeah i mean i'm talking like an art book yeah. or whatever like you gotta really justify a 39.99 price even that that bitch patterson doesn't go that way all right i'm gonna check the size of catching fire is it six and a half by nine oh i think it might be slightly smaller that's even worse oh no <sighs> The hardcover, so the hardcover of Catching Fire, is six inches by nine inches, and then if I look at Songbirds, nice. Someone out there's like nice, nice. Songbirds and Snakes is come on, scroll, scroll, six by eight and a half inches. Why? Guess we uh, t- hey. took a half an inch off for Lord Snow there. The difference between that half inch is the difference between ooh and ah. Yeah. <laughs> all right well this is some sizzling content so mm-hmm. right here you're announcing it's official you are boycotting this prequel hell yeah I mean, you're I'll brave probably, i like I'll it nice read it i'm not uh ponzi or pretentious like that although <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm curious as to what the book is is it just like he's watching the games like i don't know <laughs> i feel like there's like a there's going like a tragic love story somewhere in there yeah well, we'll see. Are, are there oh, are there going to be more of these, or is this her only one she's doing? That I don't know. I mean, you know how I feel about prequels in general. I'll allow it a little bit more leeway when it's a novel because you have different options narratively there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I assume you're allowing it when the prequel sequel kind of thing with uh, um, what's his name Pullman. Yeah, similar thing. You know, I mean, I was definitely more interested to get to the the sequel stuff. Mm. Yeah, the uh, book of dust there. I just remember. I don't know why that was flashing me back to um, Corona coming attractions. Uh, reading about like all the bullshit updates on what Scream Three was going to be. 
And like one of the iterations supposedly, who knows how real this is because it's like the fucking internet, was like it was going to be a prequel sequel. They were going to make all these like Godfather 2 references. And like half of it would have been like the life of Marine Prescott. Who and the other care? half would have, yeah, seriously. <laughs> who could fucking care? But instead they were like, no, no let's get Jay and Silent Bob in there. Yeah. Ambition will fuel him. Competition will drive him. But power has its price. That's like the tagline here for the Battle of the Songbirds and Snakes. The picture of him out there, he looks just like uh, like Targaryen Ben Solo, right? Yeah, I think I've seen the, the photo you're re- referencing there. He's no Ben Solo. Yeah. What I want them to do... Oh, yeah, look at this little asshole. He looks more like a, like a Harry Potter character than a Ben Solo type. But uh, I want them to bring the same guy from this episode of Buffy and play Young Snow. Which guy? The guy who plays Donald Sutherland in this episode of Buffy. That's not supposed to be Donald Sutherland, is yes, it? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it looks nothing like him. What are you talking about? No, it's not supposed to be Donald Sutherland. It's supposed to be the character that he plays. Okay, yeah, Buffy. yeah. Let's say, like... <laughs> Although, how hilarious would it have been if like SMG calls up Kiefer? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you could have got Kiefer maybe to do it. Yeah. Can you do two scenes? <laughs> It'll piss your dad off. Come on over. I feel like Kiefer will never, like, they'll never do some dumb project where they play father and son or whatever. Have they ever been in a movie together? Maybe I'm just talking out of my mouth. No, I don't think so. Nothing comes to mind, at least. Kiefer wasn't in Backdraft, was he? I don't know. I've never seen that movie. They have sex on top of a moving fire truck in that movie. Hmm, okay. Yeah. I mean, talk about heat. All right, Kiefer and Donald Sutherland movies together. Um, okay, it's listing three movies here. Max Dugan returns in 1983, Forsaken in 2015, and A Time to Kill. A Time to Kill? Were they both in A Time to Kill? Apparently. The the Grisham McConaughey movie? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I killed him. I hope they all burn in hell. Oh, was Kiefer like one of the racists? There was like a while where Kiefer only got offered roles in movies where he was either like a white supremacist or a child rapist or both? It's because he seems really angry. Yeah. We'll talk about, I know what'll piss your dad off. Yeah, yeah there he's, he's in the montage. Well, there's a Chris Cooper, like a little baby Chris Cooper. Also, Kevin Spacey. Wow, this is uh, mm-hmm. it's quite a cast. All right. Well, we solved that mystery. Yeah. Should we get to the podcast? Might as well. All right. Buffy. The Vampire Slayer season two, we're doing kind of the, the back half of the season. We picked three episodes, uh, which mm-hmm. I think I never actually tweeted this. So, oh, well, you would have had to listen to the last podcast and know what we're doing in your fucking face. We're doing S2E17 Passion, S2E21 Becoming Part One and SCE, or I'm sorry, S2E22 Becoming Part Two. Mm-hmm. It's a fun little trip down memory lane. Do you have an opening yeah. statement? Uh, no, so I'll just be quick and say, um, I fucking love these episodes. They're some of the best on TV ever. Um, I really miss this era of TV as well. I don't know. It, in general, I miss, I, I don't know, man, this is good TV. That's all I'm going to say. Well, we'll get into it. I'll get into it as we, we progress, but I didn't put thoughts into a pen or whatever. So kick it over to you. All right. My opening statement is also very short. This is how you fucking do it. The end of Buffy season two ranks up there with the absolute best TV ever produced. Daring, mythic, epic, tragic, iconic. I'm taking no questions at this time in a statement. Is that how you really feel? Yes. 
Okay, that's the question. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's how you end a season too. Shit. And I mean, they're they're doing Shit. little things to plant some stuff for the next season, but in a yes, they are. in a way that I don't know. I feel like it's just enough without being mm-hmm. annoying. It's not like it's not like a post credit scene type deal or anything. Just little hints so, about the mayor. I I have some quick notes about I only have eyes for you, in which there's another scene of that. But uh-huh. yeah, two mentions of the mayor. It's like, okay, in case you miss it the first time, <laughs> we made sure we got it in there the second time. But it's smart to do it in a way where like they could go anywhere with the mayor, you know? Right. Like right. they're they're leaving their options open. Well, as as opposed to the uh the publicized villain for season four that we never saw. Do you remember that? Uh Professor of Demonology. Yeah, the Professor of Demonology. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's start with passion. what you're referring to is that was the that was the press release was that yeah. like Buffy and the Scooby Gang were going to school and take on the Professor of Demonology. Yeah. So passion episode two. Actually, I, I should mention I, I watched uh, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered as well, which is yeah, talk about that fun. Um, talk about Xander. Xander, oh Xander, he's he's more Xander in that episode. I mean he he's he's the conundrum because it's not like he's 100 percent terrible all the time. It's just like the, the perfect example is when so that's the episode when he's tried to cast a love spell on Cordelia and it goes awry and affects everybody but Cordelia um, and so all the women in Sunnydale are you know falling in love with him and he has this scene with Buffy where like the spell has occurred but he doesn't know it yet and so he's talking to Buffy and Buffy's like well maybe you and I should hang out tonight we can comfort each other and Xander says, like, oh, does this uh, include a lap dance? Or, like, he has some line like that. You're just like, dude, why? Like, why do you go there? Like, mm-hmm. she's theoretically being nice to you right now. Why are you such a jackass? But that's uh, that's classic Xander. The closest parallel I can think on TV in this era, and I don't think he's as problematic, is Chandler Bing. Probably not. But it, it is a similar thing where it's... It's it it's the unintentionality of the uh, the jackassery. Like at mm-hmm. the time, the intent of Xander was not going to be like this character's just kind of like a misogynist pig. Like right, that right. that wasn't like the the intention of the Xander character. It's just like oh, he's like your goofy sidekick. So we hope. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. But then it's like you watch it later and you're like, ooh, that has not aged well. Like those jokes are just not not cool anymore. <laughs> It's like the small print of the series Bible is like he's actually a huge woman hating yeah. pig. I, I don't think that was the intention the whole time. Or like, oh yeah, because I we do get that later when the trio shows up. Uh-huh. They're kind of like that sort of critique on the uh, you know the nice guy. Oh god, I just imagine like the the nightmare version where it's just like. On one hand, this is the story of like a woman's empowerment and how she becomes this iconic hero. On the other hand, we've got the dude who's like going to become like radicalized as a red pill fanatic. Yeah. But like uh, my favorite run of Friends episodes, the ones where they switch apartments mm-hmm. after they do the trivia thing. And there's like the free porn episode, which I believe comes on the tail end of like Chandler's been dumped by Kathy. And it's like he needs to get the stage wherever, which is um, where they take him to a strip club and he starts fantasizing with other women. And then he makes a comment about like fantasizing about his friends naked. And I've like, that's the closest parallel I can think, like a one to one. Though I think Xander has a much higher hit ratio of. Yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't watched Friends since it aired either. So who could say? But um, yeah. it, I, they are kind of a, a similar vein. Yeah, but Xander is a little more pointed in his uh, just casual misogyny. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, that's 2E17 Passion. I've got uh, a top three, and then we can kind of get into the rest. Uh, let's see. I have 10. 10? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Well, talk for a while. Okay. Uh, my number 10, um, Willow. Thanks for having me over, Buffy, especially on a school night. Sorry about your fish. It's okay. We really had time to bond yet, though. For the first time, I'm glad my parents didn't let me have a puppy. Um, uh, number nine, outside the bronze, while necking or while watching uh, over Buffy and her friends and uh, her like life, Angel's like literally necking with a poor girl, mm-hmm. just drinking her blood. I like the way he just kind of drops her as they walk by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eight. After Jonathan, the other girl actually dared to come into the school library for books. Like they have to, like the rest of them have to like step out to continue their conversation. I don't know why they cracked me up. Um, seven, Buffy runs over and stops Jenny on her way to school. And Buffy's like, look, I know you feel badly about what happened. I just wanted to say, good, keep it up. <laughs> oh, and Jenny's like, don't worry, I will. Uh, six, Jenny's planning on being late to class the next day. So she asks Willow to film for it as she gets there. And Willow's like, what if they don't respect my authority? What if they try to convince me? He always let them leave early. Uh, five, Jenny at the other magic shop, the Dragon's Cove. Um, I just love the way that, I mean, I love that guy. I love that scene. It's like the beauty of like the Buffy world. Is that the other magic shop? Well, it's clearly not. I think it's supposed to be the same one that they take over though. Maybe, but it's physically not. That was the impression I got, though. It, may, it might not be the same set, but was Giles's called the Dragon's Cove? No, no, this is the Magic Box, but he could have just rebranded right. it. Yeah, take that, JJ Abrams. Um, like the, I don't know the Sunnyvale. There was Sunnydale that can they support two magic shops? Maybe. I don't know, man. Especially in a magical gig economy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the the end where he's just like. Uh, What's it for? And like, what's the Orbit Tesla for? And she's like, it's a present for a friend. And she's like, what are you giving him? And she like holds it up and it's glowing. And she's like, his soul. Um, it's, it's just beautiful. Um, for Angel waiting for Joyce as she comes back from shopping. I haven't been able to sleep since the night we made love. And then, of course, Joyce goes running inside and he tries to follow in the disinvitation spell. And she's like, sorry, Angel, change the locks and slams the door in his fucking face. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, my number three is Buffy and Willow getting the news about Jenny. You see, like, Ooh. Willow's breaking down, Vicious. dropping the phone, yeah. And, like, Joyce has to come and, like, running in and, like, comfort her. Joyce has, like, no idea what's going on. She just has to comfort her, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three is um, Giles is, like, stopped by Buffy's place to get the book to do the, the disinvite spell. And, like, he's talking with, with Willow. Um, and there's this whole thing where she's just, like, well, you know what they had, you know, you do know, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. And she's like, good, because I just realized that being a librarian and all, maybe you didn't know. <laughs> and then he's like, should I go up and like, like talk to like Joyce's on Buffy's behalf? And Willow has this like maniacal energy. And she's like, sure, what would you say? And he's just like, uh, I don't know, never mind. And she's like, that's right. Yeah, I love that like weird moment from Willow there. Where she's kinda, like taking charge. Well, it's like no matter how naive about some things in the world, like they play with Willow, like they never sidestep the wisdom she has about like certainly knowing the shit that girls deal with better than boys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My number two is when Buffy goes and punches out Giles and then hugs him when he's mm-hmm. uh, tried to go after Angel there at the end. Yeah. Um, mine is uh, the one you mentioned. My, my number two It's at Buffy's. We're looking in the window as Buffy and Willow 
get the news and Angel's just watching outside, smiling like a sicko and like continuing his like passion monologue. Yeah. So which might... uh, I was like, bummer, bummer that Angel gets to do this like little spoken word piece here. That's still better than all Spike's poetry. <laughs> passion effulgent. That's why they call him William the Bloody. Mm-hmm. So my number one, you, this, I think this is your number four. Um, when Angel goes and is like waiting for Joyce at home, that scene to me is just fucking chilling. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, you don't understand. I'll die without Buffy and she'll die without me. And she's like, are you threatening her? Like he's just, it's like such a note perfect. Like this is the, the stalker boyfriend or ex-boyfriend who, you know, can't leave it alone. Like he's so fucking creepy. Like not even bringing in the vampire aspect of it. Just like mm-hmm. him as the spurned lover. And then of course he's, getting uh... disinvited there. I imagine he's Mark Wahlberg in Fear, though I haven't seen that movie. Well, he's seen like half of it. I just I've remember at one point he like finger blasts his girlfriend on a, a roller coaster or something. Classic Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Also, we need to when we get to that scene, we need to talk about the oranges. Oh, when he's picking them up, <laughs> he's like tossing them. Yeah. Away. <laughs> like she even watches one of them go flying fast. Uh, that's your number one. My number one is um, was outside the burning factory. Buffy's dragged Giles away and like, you know, he shoves her away and she knocks him around and she's just like, are you trying to get yourself killed? And then she hugs him and she's like, you can't leave me. I can't lose you too. And they they cry together. Yeah, good scene. Yeah. I mean, uh, bearing the lead, this is the episode where poor Jenny Callender shuffles off this moral coil. Tragically, yeah. just as she was, you know, discovering how she might be able to save Angel. I mean... It's a fridging. There's no doubt about that. But I would argue this might be the best, the fairest fridging of all time. Or, or well, I think it's it's certainly that. But there is, it's connected to the plot in more ways than just like yeah. we need to motivate Giles. Like it's it's tragic because she was kind of like this this hope that we'd been holding out for. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, she might be able to save Angel, and then she dies, and it's like now it's even worse. Um, so yeah, it, not to to take away from the frigid aspect, which is definitely there, and it's like, oh, now Giles is all raw. Although I feel like they never, Giles isn't like massively changed by Jenny Calendar. I mean, it comes up occasionally, and it's it's definitely there, and it kind of informs him, you know, here and then through the rest of the series. But it's not like he suddenly becomes a different person. I mean, you could almost argue that um, bigger reverberations are the arrival of Wesley and him getting fired. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It isn't like from now on he's like Dark Giles or anything like that. Like, he's still pretty much Giles. (laughs) Until he meets Ben. Oh, God. Nighty night, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it definitely comes up. Like, it's, it's, it's it's an interesting subplot that I totally forgot about, and I only have eyes for you dealing with jenny's death yeah. i mean like they they yeah but it, like it's not just like this one episode and giles also the other thing too is any other show would have killed jenny at the very end of the episode and we would have picked it up next week it's wild that it happens like halfway through and and we really get to play with the emotional fallout uh-huh. yeah i can see that yeah so we dive in and i mean i, I think Joss Whedon was quoted as saying, like, this is to, to let you know that, like, nobody's safe. 
You know, I mean, because Jenny Calendar, was she in season one at all, or does she show up in season two? I, uh, yes, because she and Giles are flirting in a familiar way in the season two premiere. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, she'd been around for a little while. And, you know, if you do the math, you could probably say, well, like her, no, even more than Cordelia, she's like the expendable one. I mean, I guess Oz maybe, but, you know, you definitely see why she threw the short straw there. But I mean, Oz just came onto the show. It's like, yeah. what would that really? I mean, like, like you said, like she's so connected to the rest of the storyline, and, and, and plus, to Angel's arc in, in particular. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think honestly, if if you had ended this half season, and Angel's got his soul back, and he hasn't done lasting damage in some fashion, it would feel um, pun intended toothless. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you, you kind of had to kill someone uh, in order for and jealous's return to have an impact and well, this is think- just i feel like joss whedon's really getting rolling on just figuring out like what it is that uh his viewers want and then ripping their hearts out yeah like uh season four of angels a murky mess and i'm trying to think who dies in that maybe like lila i think it's not the same uh yeah I'm trying to none Old? of the main <laughs> cast yeah god it's been a while since I watched that. I think that was just pretty much when it aired. Uh, who's who's the character that Daniel Day Kim played? Was it Leland? Oh, he played um There's a Lindsay and a Lila. I think he was like Leland, maybe. I, I think Leland is um Bernard from Lost. Hmm, okay. I want I wanna say I mean Daniel Day Kim had some kind of generic stuffy lawyer name, but I don't think it was Leland. Like he's on it far too briefly. Because he turns into like a zombie or something, doesn't he? Something like that. I have like a vague remembrance of that. Anyhow. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned this episode starts. Um, Buffy dancing with Xander, which is just like Buffy. No offense, but like, don't do that with Xander. You just you just need to cut him off completely. Well, the, the more interesting element here is that the... Will, Cordelia and Willow, meanwhile, are just like seemingly cool with each other, just like hanging at a table chatting. Like I, knowing their history, what the hell is this conversation <laughs> about? And does it pass the Bechdel test? Oh, by the way, uh, Daniel Dick Kim is Gavin Park on Angel. Gavin Park, it's not a bad name. Um, yeah, so Angel's nearby, just just hanging out in this all ages club, just, just watching. Voice, just the only one not dancing, just like standing among dancing people. Staring just voiceovering because he's sinister and he's sexy. We've I mean, got- this I would say this format, this whole idea of him watching, it's a little sexy, it's a little obsessive. It feels like a storyline out of like an old Miami Vice episode. Hmm. Never watched the show. We've got voiceovers in both the episodes we're doing today, or you know, all three. Uh, this one's the better one in so many yeah. ways. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so many ways. <laughs> it's a it's a main character for sure. Yeah, and not a character who sucks. Um, oh, so I'm sorry. Did I spoil that I don't like Whistler? I don't like Whistler. Yeah, no. Sorry, I was I was actually reading the DJ sign in the background. It says DJ Tonight, no cover. Ooh, is there ever a cover? <laughs> what, what is the what? I mean, what nineties yeah, cover is to get into the bronze? I don't know. But yeah, Whistler two dollars. <laughs> we'll get to Whistler. <laughs> I I just. The whole time my listeners on screen, I kept thinking any minute now he's going to say "Daddy-O" and I'm going to flip out. Oh, that outfit, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the foursome's leaving and Angel's outside, like I said, literally necking with this girl and just drops her. So cold-blooded. 
then later we kind of Buffy at home, like getting ready for bed. It's a shot through her window. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of see the angels lurking outside, watching her. And then he's like, he's in the room, caressing her hair, just like sitting there on her bed. Um, it's it's funny to watch this knowing that like ten years or so later, like Twilight, Twilight. will come out. Yeah, and it's like this scene like already exists as like a kind of like in opposition to Twilight. Mm-hmm. That's well, the yeah, one thing I don't it? get about Twilight. It's like who is that for like who thinks that's romantic i don't know i don't get it stephanie meyer saw this and she's like i don't see anything wrong here yeah the only thing missing is that i feel like buffy should be moaning and screaming in her sleep some more (laughs) i mean my god if i remember correctly in like new moon it is it is like a disorder that case two is playing that she's like screaming in pain (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's like do you have some kind of animalistic version of tourette's that i don't know about um, I really like Buffy's pillowcase and sheet combo here, I have to say. Okay. Um, so next morning she wakes up, uh, finds that Angel has left her sketch for her in an envelope just to freak her out. I Well, you like sketched her sleeping, so it's yeah, doubly creepy. Yeah, I mean this is like this is kind of interesting. It's like we are siding with her how creepy it is, but at the same time, we're still kind of siding with Angel. Like this is like stuff how TV would depict male stalkers and their obsessions with their female victims. Well, I think it's um it would be creepy to get a photo of yourself sleeping. The fact that it's a drawing means that he was there for a while doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, I want to know more about Angel's trip to the stationery store. <laughs> One pack of envelopes, please. Yeah, it's just got some uh, special drawing paper and did a little nice charcoal. Yeah. Uh, also, the recurring design of and motif in Buffy's room is butterflies. Okay. Uh, so the library next day, Buffy tells Giles and Cordelia all about her nocturnal visitor. Xander immediately goes into how this should be a lesson for these ladies about inviting strange men into their bedrooms. Ugh. Oh, and this um, is, I think, where Cordelia is concerned about her car because she gave Angel a ride once. I think she brings it up enough that it is it is obviously like the E story or whatever, or uh-huh. the F story. It becomes it's a like, plotline of its own. It's like later on, it's like, whew, the car is good. Like when she trades cars of her grandma. Well, I'm not sure what episode that was or if it was even an episode, but the idea of Cordy driving Angel around is hilarious. Oh, I just, I was going to say, I have my notes. I would love a super cut from Buffy, from the Buffy years, and how many times Angel has to bum a ride. Uh-huh. With like a big blanket over his head. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now that Buffy has invited Angel in before, she she's always invited in, we find out. So they have to do like a, a de-invitation spell. So that's going to be the thing they work on. It's funny, like True Blood, they just be like, I uninvite you, and you get like thrown out of the house, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's no spell involved. You just have to say it. Sucker. Sucker. You that must invite me back in. Proper etiquette here in the South. Um, man, that show. That show was about- just the, the hot shit for a while, but right around season four, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of failing. <laughs> Somehow, that show. The car ended up before the horse, and the whole thing went off the fucking. It's, it was clip. in the, the uh, amnesia plotline. Those just like aren't good. Like they're not satisfying plotlines for more than like an episode or two. I would argue that the show flew too close to the sun on wings made of trash. The moment that Bill flips his like sire's like head around to like fuck her. <laughs> I mean, that was something. 
That was that is still quite possibly the most shocking thing I've ever seen on TV. That's one of the grossest things they did on that show for sure. But that was like it was like a scene out of the wire where like the only thing I verbally said for like the next three hours was God damn. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jonathan, some girls show up. Xander gives them a hard time. You know, everybody thinks Barnes and Noble. Uh, they're looking for books, and much like an iteration of Godwin's Law. I, for some reason, have always remembered this as Jonathan looking for books on Hitler. I don't know why. Okay. Um, but my God, who would have thunk that Danny Strong would go on to be in Mad Men, Gilmore Girls, then a writer of two of the Hunger Games movies. He won like a Golden Globe or something. He won some Emmys. He's yeah. a creator of Empire. He's a director. He just did the Nicholas Holt movie, tying it all in. And the Which Danny Nicholas Holt movie? The one where he plays J.D. Salinger. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, something, something in the rye. Hmm. Rebel in the Rye. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is like if you live in the superstar, the 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 Jonathan universe for too long. Like if you let that spell go for for past its point, then Trump becomes president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a very problematic uh, kind of universe or reality distortion, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh Yeah. So I do, like I said, I love that the they're like while they're in the stacks, these two. Xander kind of like leads the charge. They all just like just step leave. out into the hallway. <laughs> I like the Cordelia's much more mm-hmm. of the Scooby gang here. Like in the first part of the season, she would just be kind of around and mm-hmm. to like to make fun of them. But like she's invested now. Well, and they play Cordelia roughly like a coward. But honestly, she's fucking smart and, and like uh, and, and pragmatic about like, no, don't rush into on like half cocked. You're going to get killed. Uh-huh. And Xander will be like, you're just a coward. It's like, no, she's kind of maybe the smartest person in the room. Yeah, she's just being, you know, cautious and measured. She knows she knows what tool she has in the toolbox. Yeah. Um, and there's a good exchange here, like kind of utilizing the good side of Xander, where like Giles breaks down like the classic battle strategy the angel's gonna use. And Xander's like, ah, oh, yeah, the nana 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 approach to battle. <laughs> yeah, and this is um I think this word they're talking about like what Buffy can say to Joyce here. Mm-hmm. Also, SMG is starting to do something with her hair where she's like going more platinum here. This is like really the start of her season three look. And I have to say, again, I'm much more of a fan of the earlier season two look. Also, she's dressed like Peg Bundy light. I think like it's like later in this episode, she starts like, I don't know, just like a lot of moose or something going on. Her hair is like. Uh, it starts to get bigger. Yes, but also flatter at the same time. Yeah, it's like what? I think, actually, I think fantasy that you walk out of out of, of mine in like the early season two, and I don't know. I think it was actually in the previous episode, Bewitched, Bothered, Bewildered, that she has like weirdly big hair, like like a lot of like moose in it or something. That's the one where she becomes a rat for a while because yeah. she's hosting SNL. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So Buffy remembers that like Angel like fucked up Drusilla pretty hardcore before turning her. Then he killed her family. So that's like I said, she's worried about Joyce. Um, and so Giles actually says, you're not allowed to surrender to your passion. <laughs> and it's like good, good plug of the title. Uh, maybe wrong context. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we've got the scene where Jen Calendar is teaching computer class and she asks Willow if she can fill in, which can, I don't think you can do that nowadays. You could probably do that back in the late nineties. Just like tell a student, Hey, can you sub for me tomorrow? <laughs> 
like, the 90s were just like the wild west baby there's no rules written down i think of you the stuff, student you're a teacher now the shit i got away with in uh yearbook and journalism class just seems insane now yeah i mean technically do you remember trying to well tr- trying to saran wrap that one teacher in front of his own students that yeah would, like we would be in jail now there is the end of the year you know yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. The statute of limitations. It's not Se- senioritis. Yeah. <laughs> so um, also the fucking size of these like computers in Jenny's classroom. Oh, they're all gigantic. My God. So she uh, she wants her students to turn in those sample spreadsheets by the end of the week. A paper printout and a copy on disk. Which my God, they're still using like dot matrix printers here. Oh, I love seeing those floppy disks. That's some fond memories of those. Um, there's a display on the wall behind her that has one of those crazy school display borders that we saw like a thousand times in schools. Yeah. And yeah. it just says cyber space, two words. <laughs> what do classrooms even look like right now? I have no uh, idea. Well, they're, they look a lot like us podcasting because they're all Zoom. Yeah, that's a good point. But like, I don't know. I, I wonder, I haven't been to a school in such a long time. Like, is it still the same kind of stuff? You know, like the the goofy little borders and like, you know, hang in their signs and stuff like that. Also, did you see the thing about the senior class in the town we live in? Uh, I did not know. Uh, like 250 of them got together to take a photo last weekend. Dipshit. Yeah, in their caps and gowns. Uh-huh. So there's a there's a huge bump in the numbers in our town. Great. Um, and they they the the quotes in the article interviewing them. It's like the same teenage bullshit that every teenager says. Where it's like, I'm just trying to hold on to this moment. Stop the world taking it away from us. It's like, fuck you. You know, like about a week ago or so, a week or two ago, I was driving back from my shopping trip to the store, had my mask mm-hmm. on, and mm-hmm. there was a car next to me that was full of teenagers, and I could tell they were all making fun of me, and I just like refused to look at them because they're all just like hooting and hollering and kind of like waving right next to me, and I was just like, you fucking kids. Well, I mean, it plays into a classic fear of mine. I don't want to get laughed at by a teenager. No, it's the worst. It's, I don't know if that like something that existed. I just in had high to like school. run a red light and like, you know, make a left turn. Well, then the sad thing is what you needed was you needed a situation where you somehow, for some reason, ended up in the same room with them. And then like, as you're going to leave and they're like, man, what are you doing? You can't go out there. And you're like, no, you can't, you can't go out there. <laughs> you kids are all going to die of coronavirus. Fuck you. Nah, yeah, actually, they're probably going to outlive us. Yeah. They'll, I mean, they'll just, kill their grandparents. They'll just infect us and we'll die. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways, Jenny's planning on being late to class the next day, so she's going to have uh, Willow fill in for her. Willow's also dressed like a toddler, which is cool. <laughs> Willow's outfit sometimes is just like, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Then Giles shows up, and they, uh, they're having a little bit of a moment. She's like, oh, I found this book that might help you with like the, the uninviting. And she's she's definitely feeling it out, like, oh, how's Buffy doing? You know, I'm really sorry again. But he still kind of has to put the wall up and be like, you know, like basically, I can't hang with you until Buffy says it's okay. Even though he's aching for her. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you didn't appreciate Buffy's ultra classic blow off here. And Jenny says hi to her, and Buffy ignores her and says to Willow, "Willow, I was thinking of taking in a class, and I was looking for someone who knew where they were." <laughs> and then, even more savage for Jenny to hear is Willow comes up to her and she's like, "Sorry, Buffy, she's my teacher. <laughs> I have to talk to her." Um, but also, unlike Ari on PLL, Jenny Calendar has real coffee in her mug that she sips from. 
That's just back before the innovation of just not filling up, uh, you know, containers. Yeah, like you can imagine, like after like seven takes, or a little more, it's like I can't keep drinking all this fucking coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love, I love the way Giles words things because she's like, Giles, how have you been? And he's like, uh, not so good actually. Since Angel's lost his soul, he's regained his sense of whimsy. Well, and then. Uh... Um, Jenny Calendar here has to drop the line like, "Oh, I just, you know, I didn't know what, what would happen. I didn't know I would fall in love with you." Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "Huh? What?" And she's like, "Yeah, too late to take that back. That's right. I said it. Now, now I got it in your head." Well, because their relationship—I have two points about their relationship. Their relationship is the classic reversal of every. Uh, uh, you could argue that she's all that in him. He's the nerdy girl in glasses. And that she's basically dated him on a bet. And once she takes the glasses off, like she'll realize he's a hunk. And Giles you know, like, am I a bet? You know, am like I a stupid start- bet? Yeah. Like it started fake, but like now it's real. Also, she gives him a book that she's like gloating that he doesn't have. If these two had stayed, like lived and stayed together, they would have so many de- debates about like ebooks and DRM. It'd be very hot. Although I got to ask Giles, how the fuck do you not have the spell for uninviting vampires? Like that should be like at the top of your spell list. Seriously. This is a really important one. I would think innovation would be at the forefront of the watcher thing. (laughs) They're just counting on their slayer to never invite the vampire inside, I guess. Or is the watcher's council like, listen, vampires are bad. We all agree. That's what we're here for. But, counterpoint if we killed off all the vampires none of us have jobs uh-huh. well I mean, there's there's an us. awful lot of watchers for one slayer too yeah. seriously also what are we gonna do we don't fit into normal society <laughs> well i guess the the spell here it's like per vampire because you can like uninvite uh angel but not uninvite spike because like spike well spike doesn't need to be invited later so it's like it's it's the the spell works on a particular vampire. I think in game design rules, it makes sense considering you do have to invite them in one at a time. I guess theoretically. So, yeah. uh, but I I mean just good dialogue. Like Jenny's like, I know you feel betrayed. He's like, well, that is the unfortunate side effect of betrayal. Yeah, I just like, what if you like threw a house party or something? You know, there's like what, a sign up. You just you still have to say everyone's invited. Well, what if you put like a sign up that just said like. Or you send out invitations, like it's like open to anyone or something like that, you know, like some sort of technicality where like you don't even know what vampires you need to uninvite. Well, I mean, let's table this discussion for like angels, like uh, mansplaining Latin phrases to her in a little bit. Um, Because he's clearly not answering the question she's asking. Anyway, the next scene, actually, I I almost put this on my, my top three list. I really like the scene where. Buffy's talking to her mom about Angel and kind of tiptoeing around all that she could say, but saying enough, you know, mm-hmm. or like, I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty mature relationship to have with her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It's I like, think, like, he's been kind of following me around. Had yeah. trouble. Well, go. <laughs> I love how she tries to like, like you should be on alert. You should be concerned. It's not a big deal. Don't invite him in. And it's yeah. like she's like trying to like have it both ways with her mom. Um, I feel like the, the on the side of history, we've landed that Joyce is not bad at all. We like Joyce. Joyce is fine. Yeah. She's got some bad moments at the end of this season, but she's a single mom 
who's dealing with a daughter who's quite frankly a nightmare. This dinner, they have overflowing plates of food. They have salad bowls. There is also a giant chicken on the table between them that has not even been cut into. They're like, having fucking hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're having like Thanksgiving dinner tonight. That is quite a spread, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as an actor, I know you're like you're you're going to get in the mo- the moment. You're trying to set up the scene, trying to remember your dialogue. At a certain point, are you just like, hey, uh, prop guy? <laughs> this Chris- might be too much food. Christmas chicken. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, she's talking about Angel and like dated, dated, not dated. Dated. They're not dating. Dated. Um, yeah, just don't invite him in. So Buffy calls Willow. We see more of Willow's room. She's got a bunch of pennants on the wall and like a collage that says either sleep or sheep. I think it's sheep. Yeah. That is where she okay. finds uh, the note that Angel left with all her fish <laughs> tied on a string. Yeah, it's fucked up. Again, he's just like stopping by uh, mailboxes, etc. because he's got some menacing to do. Um, so we cut to Willow staying over at Buffy's. I love the just just this cut of she finds the fish and then suddenly she's at Buffy's. Is this um, where she's got? Scene. Yeah, she's holding the steak in her hand. Yeah, like they, they, I feel like they just nail these kids are real teenagers though. Like Buffy uh, has the most glamorous pajamas though. Like I feel like in IRL she'd just like I don't know have a long t-shirt on and like some shorts or something. Again, I'm, I mean, you could really nitpick and like question every bit of the design of Buffy's room. It seems. Like there's a lot of detail there. There's like a lot going on. Detail. The garlic behind the bed. So yeah, the garlic does garlic mean something or is that just like an affectation? I wonder. But uh, she's talking about how like, you know, it's crazy because her first instinct is still like to run to Angel for help. It's hard to believe it's the the same guy. This, um, this is one of those scenes where her hair is big for some reason. Yeah. Which makes less sense because she's about to go to bed. And she yeah, also yeah. Art still has like all her earrings in, which like I think you usually take those out at night, don't you? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, if you do know, um, tweet us, keep it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but I love that Willow's kind of like, well, he's still the only, th- you're still the only thing he thinks about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also Willow's come over because she's terrified because Angel's been menacing her. Right. But also it's like, Hey, fuck her parents. Yeah. Her parents if, suck. We learn. <laughs> well, like what if Angel just goes and kills Willow's parents? <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got uh, Drusilla's got like a puppy that she found for Spike to eat. And she's like trying to do the whole like like airplane move, you know, like, come on, go ahead and eat. But he's uh, he's being a sullen little Spike right now. They're playing like he's impotent or something. I, mean, well, I guess he is. He's acting like a way. little kid and he's just like, don't, you know, stop trying to feed me like a child, Drew. And then Angel walks in and she says, and he says, uh, why not? She already bathes you and changes you like a child. Hello. Nice. Um... Is this puppy the same thing that she's holding for the rest of the season? I don't know, to be honest. Is it like a teddy bear? Like she's holding something in her hand. She always seems like, to be holding something, yeah. But like I couldn't tell if like it's like the dead puppy that she's been carrying around. Yeah, so Angel turns to taunt Spike. Um This is when Drew gets like, the, the vision that somebody's trying to undo the curse. Well, but first Spike's just like, Have you forgotten that you're a bloody guest in my bloody home? Angel's like, What's a guest? Is there anything I can do for you? Any uh, responsibility I can assume while you're spinning your wheels? Anything I'm not already doing that is? Yeah. A real subtle angel. Yeah. I mean, he's like this close to like pulling his like hand out of his leather pants and like smell my finger. Then we got uh, Jenny Calendar going to the magic shop here. 
fun little bit where she needs an orb of Tesla and the guy's like, oh, most people just buy these as like new age paperweights. And then there's like a callback to that later in a becoming part one where Giles is like, oh, yeah, I have one. I use it as a paperweight. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's great. He says that her uncle was a good customer, which just imagine the banter and repartee between this shopkeeper and Vincent Schiavelli. Yeah. Talking about the weather. <laughs> Um, and he's just like, I feel like that's uh, like a lot of like spells to remove a mole or something, you know? <laughs> oh no, the mole or got like bigger. Spells to relieve like back pain. Yeah. Hey, everyone could use that as they get older. Yeah. Um, the guy points out that the annals of the ritual are lost. Without the annals, the texts of the spells are gibberish, and thus the orb of Thessalo would be worthless. He's like, I only bring this up because I have a strict no refunds policy. <laughs> Well, she's just like, oh, yeah, I'm working on this like computer program to translate it. I would keep that to myself personally, but I don't know. I guess she doesn't sense the uh, potential threat there. Yeah. Um, so the next day, Buff and Willow are, are walking to school and Xander joins them. Willow is wearing yellow shoes. Xander's back to plaid pants. This uh, is yeah, where so uh, Buffy has her little moment with Jenny Calendar here where she's yeah, well, harsh, but then like, oh, he misses you. Yeah, he doesn't say it, but he misses you. But like, Xander asks how their night was, and Willow's like, oh, we had a sort of sleepover pajama party of weapons. Xander immediately makes a comment about how he wishes they had taken pictures. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not on its own sleazy, but you know. You know what, what he means. means. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Xander, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Giles is actually talking to other students inside the school when Buffy walks over. Yeah, what I was are you like, doing, Giles? Who else talks to the school librarian? Uh, but good news, Giles has found the disinvite spell. Um, involves a couple of things. Good news to uh, disinvite Angel from Cordy's car. Yeah. Which I love they actually do. <laughs> yeah, they actually do the spell at some point. Um, so they cut to Willow's bedroom where she's like nailing a cross to her wall, like behind like a like a curtain or something. And she's just like... Ira Rosenberg's only daughter and alien crucifixes to her wall. I have to go over to Xander's just to watch Charlie around Christmas every year, which is the first mention we get that Xander does a mean Snoopy dance. That'll come back up in three seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this is where Cordy, they're like, Hey, uh, you don't need to be here anymore. Yeah. We've done the ritual on your car. Yeah. So <laughs> go away. Uh, but then they find another drawing envelope on uh, Willow's bed. It's a Joyce sleeping this time. Extra creepy. Mm-hmm. Then we get the the scene where Angel's waiting for Joyce uh, to arrive, just being a super creep and intimidating her. It's it's that like he's just very close and kind of like very urgent about his need to see Buffy. He's not saying anything literally threatening, but the implication is certainly there. Mm-hmm. And at the start of it, I like that she's kind of trying to like mom this one off the ledge. Or but so then she, she starts to get like scared. Yeah. 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 Um, so when she like fumbles for keys, she like drops her bags of groceries. And this is when he's like helping her like way too close. And he takes some of the oranges and some of them he just like tosses like behind her. Yeah. And she sees one of them. I have to assume that that was like just a take they left in because the rest of it was fine. Or I think it makes sense because she doesn't care about the oranges anymore. She's like hurrying to the door and she's fumbling with her keys and he's just like right next to her, like hovering over her. As she's mm-hmm. trying to do this, and she's like, oh, I haven't been able to sleep since the night we made love. Just full-on yeah. creep, but then disinvited, boom. 
Yeah, so she goes rushing in, and there's Buffy, and Willow's, like, coming down the stairs, chanting. I like how they explain this later. Like, oh, he's just really superstitious. That's what the Latin is about. (laughs) Because that would be the first question I had if I was Joyce. Um, But if she hadn't been able to manage to kick him out, you know the angel would have brought Drusilla over to, like, basically recreate that Justin Timberlake, Crimea River music video on Buffy's bed. So uh, Jenny's classroom. She's working late, trying to like translate the thing to like resolify Angel. Doesn't tell Giles. Giles what she's doing. She just kind of like closes it up real quick. Well, I mean, you don't want to boast until you got something to boast about. Well, Plus she's like, can... oh, I, I might have something. I may have some news, but I uh, need to finish up here. Can I see you later dead in your bed? And he's like, sure. Yeah. I mean, but like she's, you know, she's trying to turn the reconciliation sex into also victory sex. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she he's she's cool about the fact she saw Buffy earlier and Giles missed her. Um, which like he tries to play it off, but it's like, bro, you were thirst surfing earlier. Like you totally were. Um <laughs> this is Drusilla shows up the magic box or what well, you know, the magic shop. Um she's got the dog still. Dog is still alive. Sunshine. Dog's name is Sunshine. Sunshine, yeah. Um, this is where she presumably shakes this guy down to find out that Jenny Calendar bought the orb and what she's up to. And mm-hmm. so then back at school, it's late at night because I guess Jenny doesn't have a home office to work at. Uh, she's, she's using Translator Pro. Yeah, she successfully translated the uh, the ancient text there. And then she takes the floppy out that she saved it to and pr- starts printing it out. And then, uh-oh, there's Angel. Dot matrix printing it off. Yeah, he's just right in front of her in the shadows. So she says, like, how did you get in here? And he starts like rallying off this thing about how the school sign out fronts in Latin, which translates roughly to enter all ye who seek knowledge. But both she and he know that vampires don't need invitations to public places. So, bro, she's clearly asking you, how the fuck did you get in the back of my classroom right I, I, in front of me? I He's think they just cute, wanted to like show it off a little. Yeah. 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 So he smashes her uh, computer and it like catches on fire. And then he like burns the uh, printout, the, uh, the, floppy disk notably uh is you know untouched at this point Mm -hmm. does it fall here no it's it's not till later i think at the end of the episode that it falls um this is where she tries to run past i don't know why there's like a door behind her but she tries to run past him and he just like throws her back so she like goes out the door that she was standing right next to the whole time and it's like running through the school and like some doors are locked and at one point, she's like outside. I guess this is maybe in the quad or something. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a whole lot of running, but she never seems to be able to like escape the school itself. She's just always like coming. It seems like she almost has a big circle through like all these hallways. Um, and eventually ends up upstairs on the uh, like the kind of I don't know, what is that? That like weird, like, uh, like an art, like it's like a spider or something. Yeah, it's like an arch. And I think it's like maybe like the landing of a stairwell. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, she ends up up there right next to the window, and Angel's just like, sorry, Jane, this is where you get off. Bam, next nap. Well, I think the reason she can't escape the school is that the school's doors are not up to code. They should be be able to still open from the inside in case there's a fire or a homicidal vampire with big poofy hair. It seems like she's just doing a big arc around the school because she can't, like, exit the school. Yeah. But, yeah, R.I.P. Jenny. He snaps her neck. He says, I never get tired of doing that, which is like maybe one villain line too many. Like, I almost feel like you could have just cut after the next snap. Yeah. 
and then, you know, it's like cut to black. Like he is like, Oh, I never get tired of doing that. And you're like, okay, we didn't need that. You, you could have cut before that. Well, but also it's like, you're a vampire. Your whole thing is like food based. You're essentially, you have the same motivation of a, as a dog, but with more sex. Like, do you never get tired of snapping girls' necks? Like it just makes huh? no sense. They should have just cut after he broke her neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I think other shows they would like they would end this episode of Giles finding her body, but not Buffy. Well, and then um, after commercial, our next scene is with Giles. It's that scene you're talking about with you know, he shows up to drop off or get the book from Willow to do his house. Um upstairs, Joyce is having the, the talk with Buffy about this, and this is they have the talk here. Mm-hmm. About you should have shown better judgment. They're kind of yelling at each other about making mistakes. And I don't know. It's a good scene. <laughs> she's just like, he's older than you. And she's like, well, that's it's, your cue to tell me yeah. that, that uh, I'm grossing you out. And she's like, oh, you're not. And Joyce is like, well, I guess that was a talk. How'd it go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it ends, it ends nice. It ends good. Um, and then poor Giles comes home. He's like rose on the door. There's like uh, some chilled champagne. I don't know if this is wine or champagne here. I think it might just be wine. Um, you know, with some glasses out. There's like rose petals everywhere. Opera. Just bumping some opera. There's a note that just says upstairs. Mm. And which like is I the don't know. same angel stationary envelopes. Is that supposed to look like Jenny Calendar's handwriting? I guess. I don't, I don't know if Giles would know. You think you think there's like a a crumpled like array of them on the floor somewhere where like Angel's trying girly handwriting it's just like, like no, chicken scratch not, yeah not sexy enough that crumples it up throws it like a writer at his typewriter there's like um, lit tea lights on every stair like going up the steps and like rose petals we don't talk about what a total fuck Pat Giles's place is and would have been if not for Angel here like he's got a sweet he's apartment. got the loft set up yeah yeah that's a sweet apartment. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love that Angel gets that Giles is absolutely the kind of guy who gets hot to opera. Yeah. Oh, and just the the way this plays here, where he's like he's smiling like bigger and bigger as he's walking up the stairs, and then he just sees Jenny's lifeless body there, and like his smile is just like freezes on his face. It's so cruel. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up. It really it seems less about developing Giles' character as much as like torturing Giles' character. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. like we're just going to make something bad happen to you. Well, and, and to put into context, Angel spent more time setting this up than he did actually killing Jen. Yeah, yeah, he's put a lot of effort into this. And then it just, like, cuts to, you know, you see Jenny's lifeless, you know, eyes there. And then it just cuts to Giles later, just, like, kind of standing against the wall, like, staring into nothing as they, like, wheeling Haunted. the body out. Yeah, yeah, just broken. Um, so the cops will take him to questions and he's like amiable to it because he's just like broken. He's like, I just need to make a phone call first. So then we were at Buffy's and we we're looking through the window and we see as Buffy and Willow get the news. On well, Angel's there watching. He wants to yeah. see them get the news through the window. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like this episode is is really good in this regard, but good in the sense that it's like I I even kind of had that feeling going into it. I was like, well, you know, it's it's like a half season thing. Don't worry, Buffy's boyfriend will be a good guy by the end of the season. And this episode's just like, you think so? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really think so? <laughs> yeah. So then we're back to Giles's place. Presumably, he's you know given a statement to the cops. And now he's like loading up on some uh, various weapons and gasoline and uh, taking off. We see another hand drawing of uh, Jenny Calendar there, which presumably Angel has left for him. 
lighter fluid, including he wants to take. Um, Xander and Cordelia ride up in Cordelia's car to meet up with Buffy and Willow. And there's a great bit here where, where Buffy wants to go to Giles's house. And Willow's like, don't you think he wants to be left alone? Buffy's like, I'm not worried about what he wants. I'm worried about what he's going to do. Yeah. And sure enough, they show up there, open the uh, crime scene tape door there, and they, they find the drawing that Angel left. And it's like, oh, all the, the good weapons are gone. Like he only keeps like, I don't know, his day-to-day weapons at the library. All his good weapons are here. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, if that's just like Xander being cute and really has no idea. Uh, Xander also makes a faster pussycat kill kill reference, which I don't think most 90s teenagers would have gotten and or made. Yeah, seriously. Well, this is Uh, one of the moments we'll get another one of these uh, in the two part finale where he's just like, he hears an idea. Good. Go kill him. Like he's firmly planting a slag and like Angel is evil. He should die. Which I, I think it's. It's not a uh, a side that I would agree with, but I think it's good that there is a character on that side so you can have this debate within the show. But also, let's be honest, I can understand, while I also would not agree, I can understand how a character would take this perspective. I mean, it's essentially, yeah. it's, it's a capital punishment argument. But Xander is 100% a bad faith arguer here because he's he's basically being like, also, two birds, one stone. I never have to worry about Buffy and Angel again. Well, he's he's, he's not entirely in good faith. I think you could put it that way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He yeah, says maybe maybe it's unfair to say he's bad faith, yeah. but he's not in good faith. He says, "I'm sorry, but let's not forget that I hated Angel long before you guys jump on the bandwagon. So I think I deserve a little something uh, for not saying I told you so long before now. And if I Giles wants to go after the deserve. fiend that murdered his girlfriend, I say faster, pussycat, kill, kill. And that fiend is directed at Buffy. Yeah." But I think I deserve, he says. Mm-hmm. But Buffy points out, thank fuck. Also, guys, faith is coming. Uh, Buffy points out the flaw, the fatal flaw in Xander's logic. It will get Giles killed. Yep. So at the factory, Spike's like really tearing into Angel for the upcoming escalation this will bring. And he's just like, oh, are you insane? You're supposed to kill the bitch, not leave gag gifts for her friends in the beds. You really get like, the Don't. sense that like Spike would just prefer to hang out with Drew at the Hellmouth and like never really go close to the Slayer except like for like banter. He's like not actually interested in engaging her. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Hellmouth to Spike is like it's a good party. It's maybe a little bit of an aphrodisiac. Um, I mean, but Spike's, I don't know why Spike's whole thing is revolutionary because, I mean, we're going to get into Becoming, but like Angel's plan is stupid. It's yeah. stupid. Um yeah, so Angel's like, don't worry, roller boy. I've got everything under control. Enter Giles, throwing a Molotov cocktail, getting a burning baseball bat, and beating the shit out of Angel for a moment. Or like, Giles, maybe instead of just beating him with that baseball bat, just like hold it up to him and light him on fire. Yeah, and then break it and then stab it in his chest. But Giles wants to hurt. He wants to hurt him like he's being hurt. But uh, still, Anthony Stewart had of a burning baseball bat, I came. It's pretty good. But then uh, Angel gets the upper hand, but then Buffy shows up. There's a pretty cool little action set piece shot here where there's like a catwalk up above them that Buffy stunt double runs up the, you know, like a bunch of like boxes and crates to get up to and they fight up there for a while. Um, it is funny to watch this now. It's like it's very clear when it's a stunt double, but, you know, yeah. you, you just got to go with it. Oh, and becoming the stunt guy has a whole different head and hairline. Than <laughs> David Boreanaz. He's got more of a of a Nicholas Brendan shaped head. Uh-huh. 
So um, at one point, yeah. Buffy's kind of got the advantage on Angel, and he's just like, "Oh, you're just gonna let your watcher die?" And it's like, oh, "No, no, I'm, no! It's even it's even more yeah. fucked up. You're just gonna let your old man burn." <laughs> so fucked up. Yeah. So she's kind of hot down there and rescue Giles. Angel gets away. Uh, Drew and Spike had already run away. She's rolled him away. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is where she punches Giles out and hugs him, and Giles goes back home, takes off the police tape and then we see jenny calendar's grave here in my many years as watcher i buried too many people but jenny was the first i've loved she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry i couldn't kill him for you for her when i had the chance i wasn't ready but i think i finally am bum, bum, bum. and then we see willow taking over the class which is definitely a thing that happens in high school <laughs> oh we skipped over this earlier willow got really bummed the day that she was supposed to initially take over and she saw Jenny get there on time because she's like, I spent five years coming up with a, or five hours coming up with a lesson plan last <laughs> night. So as she's taking over a substitute teacher, she's like, I'm just going to stick with Jenny's lesson plan. For now. Yeah. And this is where <laughs> she puts some stuff down and that uh, floppy disk slides off in between the desk and filing cabinet into a little crack. Perhaps never to be found again, but it will in the next episode we do. Um, we haven't done the little monologue. Do you have it? Are you going to do it? Which monologue? The, the whole passion thing. I, I I do not know. If if you'd like to do it, go ahead. I feel like it would come better in your dulcet tones. We don't have to do okay. it. Okay. Well, I don't have the text. I mean, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, where are we on? Can I send this to you? I'm going to send this to you. Okay. Via Zoom chat. Okay. Should I try to do it in, in uh, Angel's Irish accent? No, because he doesn't do it in his Irish yeah. accent. <laughs> the smartest thing that uh, I feel like Boreanaz is just like, I would do exactly 12 minutes of an Irish accent over the course of this character. <laughs> it was decent. It was like TV decent. It, it wasn't terrible, but at the same time, he has the he has the background of a guy who has discovered walking dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but he has, uh, I can't remember the lines he has, but there he has some like, Nice little flowery, like layabout prose at the beginning of uh, becoming. But okay, whenever I whenever I visually, th- whenever I think of the sound of his Irish accent, I for some reason visually remember Angel in the flashback dance to Mandy. To Mandy? Yeah, it's a it's one of the flashbacks in Angel. He's in like a diner, and he when he's supposed to be depressed, I think I remember hobo, that. Yeah, and he puts on like Mandy, and he starts like dancing around like a goofball. All right, um, I will attempt to do justice to this. Passion, it lies in all of us, sleeping, waiting, and even though unwanted, unbidden, it will stir, open its jaws, and howl. It speaks to us, guides us, passion rules us all, and we obey. What other choice do we have? Passion is the source of our finest moments, the joy of love, the clarity of hatred, and the ecstasy of grief. It hurts sometimes more than we can bear. If we could live without passion, maybe we'd know some kind of peace. But we would be hollow, empty rooms, shuttered and dank. Without passion, we'd, truly, we'd be truly dead. And scene. Sploosh. Um, skipped over it. I want to say real quick. Oh, please. Uh-huh. Uh, written by Ty King, directed by Michael E. Gershman. Um, I'm surprised this wasn't under- like a, a Whedon or Marty Knoxon episode. Well, and I think this is also the era where the showrunner punches things up. Yeah. Because it's it's easy to give Joss credit, but 
this is the credited writer and it's it's a great little speech um i have some quick notes about i only have eyes for you would you indulge me sure um, written by marty Knoxon, directed by james whitmore jr uh, we start off with a performance by splendid of charge which was on the buffy soundtrack cd which i bought as the teenager and fucking loved mm-hmm. um, the singer of that band angie hart performs the song that joss whedon co-wrote with her in conversation with dead people there's an appearance by baby john hawks as the very helpful janitor um, and meredith salinger years before her husband work with joss whedon and his folks um, snyder has a great quote in this episode i'm no stranger to conspiracy i've seen jfk um it's funny because this episode has angel and cordelia um who would also be possessed by dead lovers past in an episode of angel called waiting the wings also there was that x-files episode of lily tomlin um xander makes a great reference to some ghosts here and how angry they were and i love this quote i'm dead as hell and i'm not going to take it anymore <laughs> to which buffy refers to them as bad boo yeah that, uh, that was an episode where they uh they did like the end of episode if you know anyone who's like struggling with suicidal thoughts or whatever you know they had to do like the little psa thing yeah um which like i guess they do they even do that anymore i don't know I, although you yeah know, they I did say they, they did, did mr robot yeah mr. Robot. that's that's what i was thinking about yeah uh-huh. um so it's fascinating because they're trying to find out more about this like ghost couple and like giles is positive it's jenny and he's like desperate for her to be her because he's like so desperate to like help he her. He kind of gives up on that none. pretty quickly though, like halfway through the well, episode. Yeah, because like Willow points out, like, there's no way this would be Jenny. Yeah. It's like we we told you from the very beginning, but come on. Uh this is the one where Spike or Angel Spike and Drusilla have moved into their fancy mansion, um, which falls into the grand tradition of Bram Stoker and like getting like heavily into vampire real estate matters. Uh Willow's leveling up because she's been browsing on Miss Calendar's pagan websites. <laughs> pagan Geo Cities. Um this episode also has a scene at the high talker from Seinfeld as a cop who mentions to Snyder that they all know they're on the hellmouth, And he's like, if you can't handle it, then you can take it up with the mayor. Um, Angel flat out tells Spike that it's, it's time he full on cucks him with Drusilla. Uh, and this is the one at the end where it's revealed Spike can walk again. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we're just going to skip right over Go Fish and get Which to Becoming gross. Part 1. I believe these are both written and directed by uh, yep. Joss. I have four moments here. See, I have five. I, I don't understand you. Likewise. All right. You well, just have to suffer me my own dark ways. Uh-huh. Number five. I've got mm-hmm. uh, Angel posing as a priest, hearing Drusilla's confession and say, Angel saying, the Lord has a plan for all creatures, even a devil child like you. A devil child. Uh, and Jealous is just a lot more fun than Angel. But he gets so increasingly campy. He he is a ham for sure. Yeah, like especially on Angel. But like here, there's moments here where he's like a little cooler and like like the 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 Joyce thing is a, an interesting level of villainy. Anyway, uh, my number four is when uh, Kendrick gives Buffy her steak, Mister Pointy. Okay, my number four is just a minor moment, but it's when they're all like at lunch. And there's like a little Xander Cordy flirtation where Cordy's saying, don't touch me. You have fish hands. Like I love the fish hands line. Oh, also, isn't that the the scene where Snyder's like, what about you? We having a chair shortage. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's just like, no. Oh, (laughs) not that that I've heard of. Oh, yeah. Um, My number three is when flashback Buffy slays her first vampire and like basically stakes him in the dick on accident. I don't know if that was quite the dick. 
<laughs> Unless that guy is exceptionally hung. Cock adjacent. Uh-huh. Uh, where are we at? Number three? Yeah. Uh, the ambush in the library. Mm. Buffy fooled again and just some good action. And like, I because the Slayer isn't there, like, well, I guess Kendra is, but like Buffy isn't. You're pretty worried for those characters. It's like, oh, Willow just got like a bookshelf dropped on her and Xander's arm got broken and mm-hmm. Giles is getting beat up. Like the, it, you'd sense the vulnerability of these characters here. Like you wouldn't have so, been totally shocked if like Cordy died in this scene, for example. Well, especially Xander getting his arm broke. Yeah. You think about what, I mean, in the nineties, what level of violence did people get inflicted upon them? Some punches in the face. Maybe they were like in a quote unquote explosion, but they survived. Like to actually see a limb broken is hardcore. Um, my number two, this is a rewatch, mind you. My number two is Buffy running in slow-mo in that blue coat because that indelible image has been burned into my memory for years. When she finds Kendra? Like when she's like just like running on her way to the library and uh-huh. you know that whatever she's going to find is going to be wretched. Yeah. Yeah, that was my number two as well when, when Buffy's running through the school and then finds Kendra and kind of the the disaster that has befallen there. And the slow-mo works because I kind of feel like Sarah Michelle Gellar runs funny. She's also in heels for a lot of this, so. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. She yeah. could beat me in a race, I'm sure, but. Okay. Uh, anyway, my number one is uh, Darla and Liam in Galloway, Ireland. And uh, close your eyes. <laughs> Liam. Let me see if I can find some of the dialogue for that. What's a lady of your station doing alone in an alley with the reputation that this one has? Oh, shit. Maybe she's Should we lonely. get David Boreanaz in this episode? <laughs> Fuck. In that What's case, up, I'd offer myself as an escort to protect you from harm and to while away the dull hours. What are you up to, David Boreanaz? Aren't you like 60 now? I'm in some fucking Navy SEALs show. Some CBS trash. <laughs> My, uh, I don't know, like when I attempt to do an Irish accent, I sound like uh, Sean Bean in Patriot Games. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I would never claim to do a good accent, but I can do a bad one. Um, <laughs> you need a bad accent. I'm your man. Yeah. <laughs> Lady, you'll find that with the exception of an honest day's work, there's no challenge I'm not prepared to face. But that said, though, if anyone ever asks you to do an accent, you say, I feel very confident about this. Sure. Uh, so let's get into this episode. Oh, I didn't even remember one. Um, oh, sorry. sorry. The, the fight in the library about curing Angel, kind of picking up where they left off in passions there xander mm-hmm. once again taking the kill angel side which mm-hmm. makes sense but it's it's a good argument i like the the kind of philosophical debate that they have um i don't know it's 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 good conflict even though you're definitely on buffy's side here it's still like good to see them hash it out and kind of everyone has their own opinion there one of the things that i find fascinating watching these scenes is having just rewatched community where it's like every other episode if not episode to episode the group has a huge meta argument amongst themselves uh-huh. and how they all fit in together as a group and it's like on buffy this happens maybe twice a season every other season we <laughs> like feel like they won't really have this argument again until like maybe the end of season 4 and the yoko factor and then again in um in the Anya episode in season seven, yeah. I love that episode. Not oh, just for the episode. moment, but I fucking love that episode. I think that's that would argue that's in the top ten of Buffy. Well season selfless. When you get into season six and seven of Buffy, 
there's just the lows are lower, but the highs are higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I just agree. like, especially in season seven, there's a lot of trash, and then there's like three or four really excellent episodes. Uh, there's a there's a run with the potentials where it's like, woof, yeah. Um, I'm curious what, what our conversations about season three will be because I wrote down eight episodes that I think are really good that be okay. worthy of discussing. Well, maybe at some point in the next three hours we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so we start this episode with a voiceover from Wheeler, as if Wheeler was going to be a big deal. Fucking Wheeler. No, you mean Whistler. What did I say? Wheeler. Wheeler Why yeah. did I say that? Fuck him. Fuck him either way. I think it's his, wheeling past the graveyard here. His narration starts out with a "Here's the thing," which is just classic. Yeah. Bottom line is, even if you see him coming, you're not ready for the big moments. No one asks for their life to change. Not really, but it does. So what are we, helpless? Puppets? No, the big moments are going to come. You can't help that. It's what you do afterwards that counts. That's when you find out who you are. Thanks, Whistler. Fucking Max Perlick, who's like, only exists in like 90s coffee houses. Like, he should be doing Mike Myers from Simon Aaron Axe Murder. His woman! Not just the narration, but the character himself. Why is he here exactly? Had they had they committed to doing the Angel TV show yet? I wonder if it was like kind of like an early idea of that, or like we're gonna tie Angel to some larger narrative. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. I presume Doyle was meant to be Whistler, but yeah. they were like, let's let's get a better actor, a guy who's been on Roseanne and who can do a better Irish accent. <laughs> yeah, RIP to that guy. Yeah, yeah. Did he die like not long after they killed him off the show? Within a couple of years, yeah. yeah. The show was uh, still going when he died. He was like OD'd or something, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so flashback. Uh, Angel's a drunken Irish buffoon um, who just assumes that beautiful rich women are just chilling in alleyways willing to, waiting to take his wit and juices. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is a pretty good classic vampire scene. I mean, it owes a lot probably to Interview with the Vampire. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the first time we actually see someone get turned and she does the classic like cut like her her boobs with her, you know, scary long fingernails so he can drink the blood from her bosom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the magical phrase that Angel will always hear from his ladies. Close Close your your eyes. eyes. Yeah. Um, And there's something really funny about David Boreanaz in this like it's like 90 or 1753. Like he's got like the the short pants with the tall stockings and. Mm-hmm. Like the pirate shirt, I don't know, and the the long hair with well, the ponytail, it's it's all just going there. Quite frankly, whenever they pull out the long hair wig for Boreanaz, yeah. comedy will follow. <laughs> Angel, the show, as I'm thinking about it, has quite possibly more hysterical moments. I me. think they knew that Angel as a character is kind of ridiculous, and so they like didn't mind having fun with it. I can I can tell you the two times I've laughed hardest watching a Buffyverse show. Once was in Buffy and once was an angel. And the angel one is the pink helmet. The pink helmet. <laughs> the Buffy one, if you're wondering, is the first time Buffy walks into the new magic shop. Uh-huh. Giles is dressed as the wizard. Just takes it off. Yeah. <laughs> he just takes it off. <laughs> like they never speak of it again. <laughs> uh, I mean, like that's like, like I have to like pause it <laughs> just to laugh for a half an hour. Anyway, so now present day, Angel's like watching maniacally as Buffy takes out some vamps. In the well, I did. I did want to say real quick. I suppose mm. it's a good thing that they established that like when you become a vampire, like a demon takes over your body or whatever. Because otherwise, I would definitely be a vampire. This seems like a pretty good deal overall. Interesting. 
wouldn't you? Also, am I alone in that? Also, you have you've admitted that you would eat people. I would one hundred percent be a vampire. So you're Billy Ford. I, I guess so. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, it, it like if in a vampire lore situation where you remain yourself and you're not like replaced by a demon. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, I guess the thing is, do you really know? I mean, it's it's got your memories and personality. Yeah, how would you know? I mean, the if you're gonna like pick a a version of like vampirism to go for, the Vampire Diaries one is like so OP. Like, all you need is like one of their like fancy little rings to like operate in the daylight, and like you're just like ridiculously overpowered. Mm. Are they clotter rings? No, no, it's some other. They just they make magic rings that allow themselves. It's like the gem of Amara, basically. Only like everyone has them on that show. Gotcha, gotcha. Huh. I mean, uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, I guess you could haggle over, but yeah, it's not. I'd be totally fine it, only being out at night. Also, vampires and Buffy really don't drink all that much blood. Seems like they only need to drink occasionally. Yeah. Well, like Angel literally gets a drop from the dude that he kills at the end of this episode or in this uh-huh. episode. He's like, okay. I mean, he, like he barely touches teeth to that dude's neck. Well, he's like surviving on like a rat a week or something for a while. No, no, like. no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, in the flashbacks. But I mean, like the guy that he's going to like do a fucking ritual for. Yeah. I would think you would want to like drink deep and descend, but no. Angel's all about just taking that one perfect bite of pizza and then throwing the rest of the box away. Because <laughs> that's the real thing. <laughs> or Angel's just like, I really don't like drinking from dudes. I know it's it's dumb, but I'm old fashioned in my shiny blouse and my leather pants <laughs> all right so they cut to, cut to present day angel with a goofy look on his face just like smirking as he's watching buffy rough up some vampires i like how this whole action scene plays out and then like xander gets up because he just like got shoved down at the beginning of the fight yeah i got like knocked out or whatever which i guess he had so to give xander talking- some amount of credit for like going patrolling with her even though he's just there to get his ass kicked well yes and no i mean you know One, why he's doing it but you know. yeah I mean, like, number one, he's asking to get hurt or killed or worse. Two, he's a liability to her. He can suck up some damage. He just I mean, I mean, again, he's a liability to her. <laughs> like, it's it'd be different if, like, it's 2020 and, like, Buffy can, like, FaceTime with her friends and be like, oh, hold on, I see a vamp. Like, to keep her company. But it's like, I don't know. Um, I bet vampires would love, like, quarantine time. Well, maybe not. People aren't out. You have to find excuses to get invited into the houses. Sure. Like they're like, hey, I'm. I'm no, you, you just find like the the idiots who are having like a party when they're supposed to be quarantining. Good. You deserve to be bit by a party vampire. Um, party vampire. So, so like, uh, well, vampires like to party. Um, they're like, I'm having this conversation, like, like some meta conversation about like the finals are obviously coming up. It's the end of the school year, but also like the end of the world. Or it's it's the finale, so there's got to be an apocalypse happening. So Buffy, in in regards to the finale and everything, she's like, "Look on the bright side; it'll all be over soon." And Angel's like, "Yes, my love, it will." I like the the final thing. It feels very Harry Potter. It's like, oh yeah. look, it's a finale, and they have to do their finals and also have the the big action scene. And you know, I'm gonna sound like a fucking naive moron, but I I feel like I really leveled up in my appreciation of TV when the show was first on because I was like. Don't you get how brilliant this is, you guys? Like, 
a school year is the same amount of time as a TV season. It's like Buffy is just, it's genius. <laughs> it's just I think, like, I mean, they somewhat did that with other shows. Although I think 90210 like famously had them like repeat sophomore year twice or, or junior year twice. Something well, and, like that. and it would start like in summer and, and yeah, I'm not going to give 90210 any of the credit that Buffy deserves. Sure. <laughs> that show other than Dylan McKay, that show is in Jenny Garth. That show is trash. <laughs> And maybe Tiffany Amber. I don't know. I never really watched it. I remember my sister was into it, like maybe around like the second season, but that was it. I want to say it's maybe season three is like the summer season when like Brenda's away. And that's when like uh, Dylan and Kelly have like their tumultuous like love affair. I do remember seeing the episode where the kid shoots himself and twirling again. I thought that was hilarious. He deserved yeah. it. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. 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 Um, but also, also like Say by the Bell which Zach Morris is trash is reminding me that Zach Morris is trash. My favorite season that I remember is that Saved by the Bell is the summer one. Well, I think Saved brought- by the Bell is directly ripping off um, 90210 for so? that. Okay. I, think, I think that's what was going on there, yeah. When they bring in like Leah Remini as like the love interest for Zach <laughs> before she gets stuck with Kevin James. Leah Remini's had a lot of unremarkable uh, leading men. Anyway, at the local museum... Oh, what are you talking about? Tom Cruise is remarkable. That's a Scientology joke. Well done. Uh, you know, at the local museum, Giles is like calling the consultant some giant artifact thing they found. Uh, the actor here is named Jack McGee. He's probably played a cop 50 times. Um, thank God they called in Giles because he's the only person what? who sees that this is like a, a box with a seam. What does Giles' CV look like exactly? Yeah, really. He's a librarian, but he can uh, consult on various antiquities and uh, strange artifacts that you find. Well, because it's like, isn't the line, it's like, I called my buddy in D.C. and he referred me to you, the local school librarian. <laughs> we haven't really talked enough about Giles. It's like, just like tweed wardrobe that he's all rocking. It's amazing. Also, what is he going to do with this like dirt that he's scraping off this thing? Yeah, because he needs the, tra- he's talking about like, don't open it yet. I want to translate the writings. The dirt, I'm just going to snort that to keep, help me yeah. stay up. <laughs> You're like, oh, is he going to like do a roughing of the the you know writings no he's just gonna take some dirt i mean i'm not saying he started it because clearly he didn't start it but like anthony stewart head i feel like is doing proud work in the legion of like making the elbow patches look good uh-huh, uh-huh. um yeah so the cafeteria the next day xander's like acting out like buffy's taking the vampire for the rest of the scooby gang of like fish sticks and toothpicks cordy is Willow's, like, Cordy's, like far too delighted uh at this reenactment like she's like really yeah. enjoying it Willow at one point says to Buffy, do you think you're ready to fight Angel? And she's like, I wish people would stop asking me that. And it's like, who? Other than the people at this table. (laughs) Who was asking you that? Uh, This is when Snyder comes in and they discuss it by the displays of PDA. Um, I feel like without the cork makeup on, you can see that Armin Shimmerman is good. Like, I wish he got more character roles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, like, Snyder's always good he's a good villain he's um, he's the perfect kind of principal who he's a weasel but he he has just enough authority to be a problem they can't yeah. completely dismiss him but like you can tell there's like a good actor who's like brief, uh-huh. like a bad actor would make this much worse also it's not a bad set for the school cafeteria but i have to say it seems like way too small for the school the size of sunnydale high like Yes, it fits the small, exact number of, of small number of extras they have in there, but it's way too small. Yeah, yeah, it would be just, it'd be like a gym, basically, as most cafeterias. Like you, could put, 
You could put six at this cafeteria in our old high school cafeteria. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they talk about that. And then we get another flashback to London, 1860. This is, uh, I guess, the beginning of Angel's terrorizing of Drusilla. It's not clear whether he intends to be here or if he just, like, happens to be eating the priest when she, like, steps into the confession booth. Like, I kind of get the impression that that's what's going on here. That he was just like, oh, yeah. this Drusilla chick, she sounds nuts and she has, like, crazy visions. I think I'll d- decide to torture her. Well, of this foursome... She's the hardest one for me to recall the details because I just didn't appreciate Drusilla as much as I should have. Is Drusilla her real name? I don't think so. Because Angel obviously is not his real name. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, you know, with a name like Drusilla, it seems like he should probably be some sort of, you know, creature of the night. Yeah. I don't know if we ever get her real name. I mean, I'm sure it's in there. I, I was looking at the wiki and I like it reference some like crazy shit from the comic i guess they really went all out in that thing huh i mean even her yeah that's a good question now i just don't think the show ever cared enough about drusilla like even when she came on to angel it's like they didn't really care all when, that much when she came her. on to angel she was she just like showed up right it wasn't like she was dead and they resurrected her or anything like that as far no, as no they resurrected darla they resurrected darla yeah yeah um, but I know we do get some more stuff with like Drusilla's origins. Yeah, according to the um, wiki, she's just Drusilla. So, yeah, I, I I feel like they I feel like that's probably not her real name, but the show just never yeah the yeah. shows just never gave us that. Huh? Yeah. Um. So he's basically just gaslighting her, you know, telling her to like give into God's plan and be evil. Well, I, I, uh, the discussion is fun because he's like, "Oh, you're a devil child. You just need to give in and be evil," and like. She's like, no, I want to be good. And he's just like, ah, fine, 10 our, our, 10 our fathers in an act of contrition. And she's like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> Another fine example of how religion setting people up to be manipulated easily. <laughs> also, not to be that guy, but the uh, megachurch priest who claimed that he could heal the coronavirus died of the coronavirus. I'm just saying, people, be smart, be safe. Yeah, um, yeah so now she's coming home from eating and she's... Like, this is fine. My undead life has turned out great. <laughs> we get the uh, Three's Company classic sitcom trio of Spike, Drusilla, and Angel here. Is this the one where, uh, like, Angel's, like, just, like, crouching down next to Drusilla's womb and, like, caressing it, basically? I, I think so. It, yeah. This this one is hilarious because, like, Angel's, like, fascinated by her visions. Oh, my God. Tell me more. How did this appear to you? And he's, like, Spike's, like, no, you ninny. She read it in the morning paper. Yeah. Which I like the idea, the implication that half of her visions are fake. Like she just reads yeah. things and then like, oh. Well, like in the background of one of these shots when like Angel's smiling at Spike, Drusilla's just like open mouthed, like waving her head around like, like she's going to bite Angel's ear or something. Like she's so weird. I love it. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. Also, I cannot believe that Sunnydale would ever have such a slow news day that archaeology would be the front page above the fold. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you think like isn't there a joke about their obit section i think in one of the later yeah yeah Yeah. um i mean this is the show i feel like this is on the cusp of the new the new era of fandom like with the internet and the way that we're able to correlate and and like bring together because like the whole joke is like the star trek convention thing of like excuse me i'm a geek who obviously knows that like in season two, episode four, uh-huh. you mentioned dilithium crystals, but in season five, that's not possible. 
but like Buffy is so good about like creating that world and well, like, it, tossing it, out little details. It gets very meta occasionally too, or they kind of like kind yeah. of joke about themselves. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like the way we would just obsess over the background details of Lost could only happen because I think a yeah. show like Buffy got us there. Um, so Willow's classroom, Buffy and Willow are like studying together. Like Willow won't have any of Buffy's like stinking thinking about being dumb. And then Buffy drops her pencil and has like deja vu and like does it again and like finds that yellow disc. What do you think about the deja vu thing? I am, I don't know. I mean, Slayer powers. It it feels like it's there just for one final fake out of like, oh, she's going to find the disc. Nope, she didn't. You know, like, I don't know if you really need her to like be like, oh, deja vu and then do it again. Yeah. I mean, there's like that weird psychic connection that she has in the dream world to like Jenny Calendar in the first place. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. They they're a little fast and loose with that. Like Drusilla has some sort of psychic abilities that they never really go into. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I appreciate the fact that the the vision or the dream that she has that points her towards uh, Jenny being knowing more than she lets on happens at a funeral and then we actually get Giles uh-huh. or at, at a graveside then we actually yeah. get like Giles and Buffy there. Um, so, anyways, they found the program, the Translator Pro, that will restore Angel's soul. It looks like the uh, the Bible verse thing from the first Mission Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to go on use that new search for Job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, should this be firing off Trusilla's spidey sense? One wonders. One indeed wonders. <laughs> like, like, wouldn't that be an open tab in her fucking myriad insane brain of just like, oh no, somebody else is trying to stole your, your soul. Yeah, so our next flashback is the Romanian Woods, 1898. We see there, people are like, putting a lot of like rose petals and stuff on the dead body as we pan over to like an old woman doing a, uh, a spell with, with an orb of Tesla there. This is basically them cursing angel while it's she's like saying Calderash a bunch of Latin. tribe. So why exactly is angel or Angelus Like he's like running panic through the woods this whole time. It's like, he knows somehow he's about to get uh cursed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, he gets cursed, and then just like immediately, some dude just like steps out of a bush, like five feet away from him, and it's just like, good, it will hurt more later. <laughs> this is gonna fuck you up, buddy. Yeah, you, you don't remember right now, but in a little bit, like you're gonna remember everything you've done for a hundred years, and you're gonna feel like shit, buddy. The um, the the crossover f- like flashbacks later. I think it's Fool for Love, and the Angel one. Is it Fool for Love? Uh, Full for Love is the one that's all Spike flashbacks. Yeah, but there was like the the, the I know, one I know night what you're event. talking about. Yeah, but like the that one was hilarious because it's like uh, like Darla's like torturing the the Calderash tribe, like trying to find out like who who, t- who returned Angel's soul, and who can undo it, and then it's like Spike just like comes out of one of these like uh, carts, yeah. like just having murdered everyone, and they're like that person was the one who could have done it. It's like oops. <laughs> Um, so now in the school library, Buffy and Willow show Giles that Jenny Counter figured out the curse, restoring Angel's soul. Xander and Cordelia are there. Cordelia gets the good news that Xander's a petulant shit about it. And uh, he's like, oh, and he killed her for it. What a prince. I like it. Xander and Giles get into it here, I think, right? Yeah. About oh, yeah, over yeah, Jenny. Like, and yeah, it's good, good dramatic moments. Like a this is 
bad Xander, but like good Xander at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. Like he's he's fulfilling Righteous. the character that we expect from him, and he's being a douche about it, but like not in like not in the way that like it's intended to, for him to come off in this way. You know, it's it's not the unintentional creepiness of the character. Well, and and I think you'll find that what would you call this character, this archetype in real life? The class clown, the glib guy, yeah. typically has some things that he feels very strongly about, and they're usually his, his friends or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but Willow's been researching the black arts for fun. She thinks she can do this shit. Um, yeah, the, the Xander thing, he's just like, like somebody needs to speak for like Jenny Calendar here, and Charles is just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it off. seems to have been Jenny's last wish, and Xander says, yeah, well, Jenny's dead. And Giles is like, speak of her in that tone again. And they start to go out. I don't know. It's pretty good. Oh, out there. the shittiest line, I think, is Xander actually saying, the way I see it, you you want to forget all about Miss Calendar's death so you can get your boyfriend back. Yeah. That is like, oh, man, that's it's, a fucking Rubicon, baby. It's an asshole line, but I do feel like he's not like 100% incorrect there. That is a little bit of the motivation. It's the Rubicon, baby. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you don't say that, dude. No, I mean, like, if I was Buffy, I'd be like, yeah, Fuck I got you. it tattooed on my arm, so I'd always remember how shitty you were. Uh-huh. So, Drusilla and Angel kill the museum guy and steal the big artifact thing. Um, uh, later, Buffy calls Willow, and Willow drops an expletive off screen about Sandra. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, see, like, this this makes sense. It's like, yes, the, the show wants us to realize in this moment that he's being an asshole, whereas at other yeah. times, it's like the show doesn't realize how they're portraying him or how it's going to come off 20 years later. Yeah. Um, while they're talking, Buffy finds that clotter ring in the drawer. It looks so plastic. Yeah. That thing looks like trash. <laughs> like, Is that the same angel, one or like, did they lose the original prop? Did angel go to an arcade and do the thing where you like the little joysticks and the claw or like yeah. the little, the little red, you still have the fucking red thing. So you put the quarter in and it's like, turn it the red the little thing in plastic. But the like red boxes. Oh right, the, yeah. I yeah. don't know. Nowadays, it's like you get like like stickers and fake tattoos out of them. Yeah, they have a little bouncy ball or you know like some M and M's or something like that. Does anybody do the thing on the counter at the restaurant where it's like you leave some change and take a piece of candy out of this box? Ugh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Why don't I just pay you to spit in my mouth? Well, maybe maybe. Well, I, I mean, all that um, all that will be gone now. You know, no more oh, salad yeah. bars and no more buffets. Suck a dick, hometown buffet. Yeah. Um, wow. Later, coming hot for hometown buffet. <laughs> later, Buffy's not patrolling, and oh hometown shit, buffet Kendra. was just walking down the street. He fucking crowbarred his knees. He's like, "What the fuck did I just do?" <laughs> I know what I did. It was uh, hometown buffet. Was like, I've got it under control. Like I threw a uh, Molotov cocktail mm-hmm. in there, but burning bat. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I do wonder, will this finally force the change I've been advocating for forever for Mongolian barbecues, which is that people shouldn't make their bowls themselves. They should just say what they want on it and have the people behind the counter, like, you know, construct the bowl. It's like more sanitary and probably be much quicker. This is the um, this is the abortion pizza debate from Poppy and, and Kramer and Seinfeld. You can't trust the people to make their own pizza pie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, as a senator running on this issue, I think you should first pass legislation on your Panda Express issue. What was my Panda Express issue? Oh, the two lines. There should be two lines. The people who never been there before and the people who know what the fuck they're doing. Uh (laughs) 
<laughs> like oh, the, you want to sample five different things before you yeah, decide what you want? You stand over there in that line for idiots. Oh, like, bitch, you thought this was a yogurt shop? Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't sample the egg roll. God damn you. Yeah, so anyway, Kendra shows up, and it's not it's, it's not it's just... Maya. It's not just that she looks the same 10 plus years later. She looks younger on PLL. Yeah, weirdly she does. She looks younger on PLL. They also, she they've dressed her very oddly. She's got like this kind of like oversized leather jacket and like big cargo pants on for some reason. I mean, maybe this is like comfortable for slaying, but they're not yeah. doing her favors. Like Maya's, or uh, Maya, Maya. <laughs> Maya. I can hear, I can hear clocks running backwards all over the world. Um like Kendra probably could have been an interesting character. I'm trying to think which ones does she show up in? Was it what's my line part one and two? I think that's where she shows up. Yeah. She's not really in it that much. Um, although but she's here because a dark power is about to rise in Sunnydale. The clothing thing, it does remind me, I think it was um, Chloe Bennett, the actress who plays Daisy on uh, agents of shield. She like tweeted the other day that like, it's it was much easier to do action scenes and dresses than it was in like her like skin tight suit that they had for her. Because that was like just like way more restrictive. Because like the new Agents of Shield is like all set like in like the past or something or something. I don't know. I kind of bailed on that show the last season. It just, yeah. I couldn't imagine. It seems like it became a mess. Yeah. I feel like Chloe Bennett's gonna have some things to say about Disney when that show finally ends. Oh, you think so? Well, it seems like she's pretty fucking pissed that like they decided that the TV family was like just a. a uh, a drawer that gets mistaken for a toilet. Yeah. Like, I think she thought, like, you know, quite possibly rightfully so, like, why aren't I in the background of an Avengers movie? Why it would have been, it been really easy to work at least Quake into, like, yeah. a, a cameo in one of the Avengers movies, yeah. I mean, as more time goes on, it's not like I need, like, Steve Rogers and Phil Coulson to have a, a tearful reunion. <laughs> I don't give a shit. But, like, you got Chloe Bennett. She's pretty interesting except for the whole logan paul fiasco she's pretty interesting yeah anyway at the mansion spike is not impressed by this giant rock um angel gives him a history lesson about kafla he's a demon who turned to stone he can swallow the world yada 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 uh, yeah <laughs> my friends we're about to make history end, end. so they open um, this thing up it's just like a big goofy looking gargoyle demon inside it you know what though all of the Akafla stuff works better for me than the... The judge? Yeah, the judge, the horny blue guy. The judge really sucked, yeah. <laughs> What's that do? Yeah, the, um, the Akafla is just like a scary statue, but it's fine. Yeah, like when the, the, the effect of its jaw opening later look, looks fine. It looks good. Um, so at the school library, the whole gang's there, including Kendra. Giles gives them the lowdown of Kafla. How people suck everything on earth into an, a demon dimension that will cause every non-demon life form to suffer for all eternity. So my question is, if you're a vampire, there goes your entire food source. Yeah, really. Or does entire... it suck the vamp sense too? It's it's unclear. Okay, but either way, whether you're there or the you're here, but the humans are not, they're all dead. This is, this is where Connor gets taken to, right? Well, it's a different demon dimension. It, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's like... You're not, you have nothing to eat. Are you just like self-sucking? What are you doing? <laughs> Can you do that? Did they do that in an episode of Buffy? I don't know if they do that or not. Mm. Um, so Willow needs a day to do the restoration spell. Uh, she needs the Orb of Thessala, which like you said, Giles has one. He's been using it as a paperweight callback to passion. And then Kendra has brought a sword with her. As the, the, the whole deal with the Catholic is got, he's got like a sword 
stabbed into his chest. It was put there by like a blessed knight or whatever. Um, if you pull the sword out, the the catalyst starts to awaken and like take a breath and suck the world in. So Kendra has another sword blessed by that same knight. How convenient is that dude to like bless another sword? He's like just in case. Yeah. Um, like like a good sword fight. We'll we'll definitely get to that in the next episode. I mean, <laughs> I think Giles I is just know. like, oh, can I see that? Yeah, I mean. I would think that once you've got like ring technology in Lord of the Rings, they'd just be going fucking wild with like making rings to Don't, counteract. Are you, rings. are you just trolling me? You're trying to get me started on uh, Lord of the Rings lore. <laughs> oh, like I want like the wizard who shows up, like he opens up the inside of his jacket and shows you all the mystical jewelry he can sell you. <laughs> do people still do that thing for movies and TV shows? Like they have the, the stolen jewelry just like hang on the inside of their jacket to sell you. I hadn't seen that in a while. That was like that was a very bit an eighties thing, I think. Hmm. So not to mention, Spike is up to something like running around and like hiding so that he can walk again. Uh, um, Angel's going to drink from some dude and be, like, be cleansed by the blood, and they yank that sword out of the demon. This is just like some random dude, which, too. Some random dude, and he barely drinks this dude's blood. And we get the first of the title drops, so I don't quite love how they work it in. He's just like, "Watch as I become." Also, the the effect that they have for like people vamping out in these early seasons, you really notice like the, like the whole background looks weird, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but not as bad as it could look. No, but it's definitely more noticeable. So we get another flashback to Manhattan, nineteen ninety six. I'd like to know how Angel has been like moping around for a century straight. Like, how did well, you not get well, your shit together? I think we might learn on Angel that like he had his shit together for a while. When he was in L.A. and he was like at that hotel that was killing people, he was okay. Yeah, he was at least like you know bathing and combing his hair. Yeah, and now he's chasing rats in Manhattan, which looks like a dump. And the rats are getting away. Yeah, <laughs> like Whistler shows up to like dunk on him. Whistler shows up with a uh, what would you call this? Like a trilby? This, yeah, this I hat mean, here. Let's just take this guy down now. He's got the energy of a stand-up guy. I hate it. His whole thing, I think, is that he only watches Turner Classic Movie and he only listens to fucking Brian Seltzer Orchestra. I hate it. Seltzer. <laughs> um, he's got, I think, I believe this is like a leather trench coat that he's rocking here. The outfit he wears later is just next level vile. <laughs> how about when he orders the uh, hot dog and he says dog meat to show how, like, f- how with it f- in New York he is? Who the fuck does this guy think he is? Yeah. Like he thinks he's just like doing his like tight five or whatever. Yeah. Um, so glad yeah. we had Doyle instead of this guy. I just don't know why we need this guy. I think it's just to they want to bring in this whole idea that like I don't know the powers that be are interested in Angel or whatever, but yeah. It's not, I mean, I have to wonder, it was like, was Joss just like, this is my soft, super soft backdoor pilot for an angel show. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess they had this to like is, they wanted to explain how Angel ever like found Buffy in the first place. He's writing a book about her, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like uh, we're just rewatching the first five minutes of the PLL pilot the other day for a thing, and uh, wow, <laughs> oh, some things I forgot. It's an amazing anyway, show. Yeah, it's a great show. Wonderful we'll get to see it again. Um, yeah, so he's a demon technically. Whistler is who wants to see if Angel, but, but not the bad him. kind. He's a he's a good demon. I think the comic book will tell you that this is like a glamour, like this isn't what he actually looks like. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. 
So they need to go see something. And it's like, it's the thing from, do you remember that Wolverine movie where it's just like, next scene, we've traveled 2,000 miles together. <laughs> Not nearly as egregious though. That is like one of the funniest cuts ever uh, in the Wolverine Origins movie where they're like in Vegas and they need to go to New Orleans. And it's just like them in Vegas cut to them on the road on motorcycles and then cut to them rolling into new orleans like all this span of like three seconds it's hilarious i mean this right here should have had the whole like ben linus and jack shepherd check into a hotel and like whistler's like first things first shower yeah really well he's still not cleaned up here we're not when, getting on the road when he rolls up and is like dumpy impala here because he he like patrick bateman makes mention of how bad angel smells <laughs> Why don't you get a job, Liam? Yeah. Um, anyways, not a huge Max Perlick fan. Supposedly, according to the internet, he was going to return in Ripper if it ever got made, which what the fuck? Pass. Which what the fuck? Yeah. That show was described as being Cracker, but with ghosts. But how does Whistler fit into that? So they go to Los Angeles. There's the the shitty car off all the blacked out windows, which looks gassy. It looks like it's just asking for cops to pull it over. How do you even see the drive? Yeah, it, it looks like somebody just took spray paint to the windows, but somehow yeah. he can see through it. Um, I mean, the angel kind of rolls down the window like a creep, and he's watching Buffy come out with like her. It's like this is Buffy in like her Cordelia phase. Valley where, Buffy. Yeah, Valley Girl Buffy, and she's got her Valley Girl friends, and they're just talking, oh, is Tyler <laughs> taking you to the dance? And she's like, oh, he's going to have to crawl on his hands and knees, which he's planning to do next period or something. Yeah. Which, like, there's no school teacher outside being like, huh, that car is a problem. Yeah. So Richard Reel shows up as the first watcher. This is the TV show version of Donald Sutherland Merrick. This guy was the guy. He's the guy from Office Space with the jump to conclusions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so Angel's like watching all this and he watches as Buffy has to like, or he watches uh, uh, her first like, like staking. Yes. Yeah, so presumably he just like followed them around till it was nighttime and Buffy has to fight a vampire for the first time and stake it. Um, and he's just really touched by all this, I guess. And then it's like cut to scene Buffy in an argument with Joyce and like the asshole dad is in the background, like yelling. And he's just like, Oh man, six year old girl. I am all about, you know, being in her life now. Well, like there's a great, the way it's set up though. I, I like the, we see Buffy like through the window. She like walks in her room and she goes in the bathroom we see her like looking in the mirror as she's like listening to her parents fight and their marriage falling apart because of her. But yeah, I just don't think that Angel is turned on by her uh, her epic quest. I don't think that's what's uh, arousing him here. Yeah, there's that's what they want us to think. It's like, oh, he sees that she's vulnerable and he wants to help, but it kind of just comes off like. Oh, it's like a hot blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I've never got a sense that Angel's like, you know what turns me on? Justice. <laughs> so Angel meets Whistler in the fucking sewer, which insult to injury in this smell. Talk about how rough Buffy's gonna have an Can we talk about Whistler's Buffy outfit here? With the lime shirt and the leopard he's, skin collar. He's got a uh black leather trench coat, lime shirt with a leopard print collar, which like I definitely would have wanted this back in nineteen ninety eight really oh yeah man you know that that one now? shirt i have that's like it's like kind of a dark like bluish purple with the leopard print collar do you remember that one okay but that didn't assault my eyeballs it's not lime green it. sure yeah would you would you would you wear this now this i don't know yeah. that's it's pretty loud i 
I'd still wear my other shirt for sure. Because, uh, I mean, we got a podcast here. Folks, let's start this Kickstarter to get him into hideous <laughs> fashion. But yeah, Angel says, I want to learn from you, but I don't want to dress like you. No shit. Yeah. What is this guy going to teach Angel? I, I just don't even know. I, it's like, like how to wash. <laughs> we we develop, devote a, a significant amount of time to this character. But I don't really feel like it's that effective other than to be like, and that's how Buffy found or that's how Angel found out who Buffy was. But I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a lot of value added to it. Well, they they he has like three more scenes. At yeah, least, or at least two more scenes. And he shows up and talks to less. Buffy for a while too. But he's. I don't feel like he's imparting any great wisdom. I don't feel like he's training Angel how to fight. We know the vampires are born naturally acrobatic and 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 no martial arts. He's Angel's probably been in more scrapes. I mean, he's like fucked around with the beast. At this point, you know, what, whatever. Oh, what, He's met the master Angel's already. been sold again for a hundred years. Like, what exactly yeah. can this guy... Uh, it's really, Angel just needs to get his shit together. Like, I don't really feel like he needs to learn anything. I mean, like, Angel is like Mr. Skinny Cool Guy at the start of Buffy. So, it's like, maybe Whistler just talks a little bit. And Angel's like, well, meanwhile, I've learned if I keep my mouth shut, I see more alluring. Uh-huh. I don't know. But yeah, but Angel wants to finally <clears throat> become somebody... So he's cut back to present day. He's going to try to pull oh. this uh, sword out. And Whistler big... makes a comment about Buffer being prettier than the previous Slayer, which I believe is the same thing the Master had said. So. Yeah. Uh, so Angel's, there's big light shows. He tries to pull this sword out and then it just kind of zaps him. And oh, you guess he wasn't worthy. Spike jokes. And Drew's doing her like a Drew freak out. And so it's like Angel's really mad. They're going to have to go uh, pay a visit to an old friend, I think he says. Mm hmm. Not only is he wearing evil leather pants, he's also got a giant belt buckle. Yeah. Like, Drew has almost, I don't know, evil, more gothy, like Stevie Nicks energy. Like, young Stevie Nicks energy. I mean, the dark hair, I think, does a lot for that. Um, so, never mind that, you know, that Spike can... Um... Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was going to do my rant about the, uh, <laughs> the this, this plan making no sense. So, in class, it's finals time. Buffy's looking around at everyone else. This should have been on my top moments. I kind of love this. This is a pretty good little moment. Yeah. When the just a vampire comes in, like the blanket over its head, and then it's just like, tonight, the graveyard. <laughs> and then just like Sun burst down. out of flame. Yeah. You will come to him or more will die. Like we get this vampire suicide bomber. What do they call it? Immolationogram. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone's just like, holy shit. And then it's just like, yeah, that's just something that happens in Sunnydale High. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Library afterward, Buff says she's going to go face Angel. She tasks Willow and everyone else with doing the spell while she's gone. So if she fails, the spell will go through. She puts on the blue coat, which again, I remember these credits and the images of her running in slow motion. So this was like a uh, dun dun dun, something bad's going to happen for me. Uh, Kendra gives her Mr. Pointy, the steak that she named. Mm -hmm. You named your steak. Yeah. She goes and meets Angel in the graveyard. They have a little banter back and forth about destroying the world. And there's an Al Franken reference, which is funny in different ways now. Um, well, like the, the the line reading of Boreanaz, like when he's not being hammy, because she's like, this is a beautiful moment we're having. Can we please fight? And he's like, I didn't come here to fight. I was hoping we could get back together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, eventually Buffy will figure out that uh, this, or they think they, they fight a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... Cut back to the library where Willow's doing the spell, which all these spells involve just like randomly dropping some rocks on the table. I don't know what exactly that does. 
Enchanting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, but in the middle of the spell, I think how Cordy's like going around like waving incense and stuff. <laughs> uh, in the middle of the spell, a bunch of vampires show up, start beating the shit out of people because it was a trick. They wanted to get Buffy away from the library so they could go kidnap Giles. And we see Kendra's getting like, you know, three vampires are taking her on. Willow gets a bookshelf dropped on her. So that guy has to die. Yeah. Uh, Xander. Xander gets in like a couple hits. Yeah. Like not 100% useless, maybe 95% useless. And then he gets his arm broken. Cordy is uh, just later, standing there the whole time, pretty much. Later, Xander will punch somebody if his broken Which, arm. Which, like, that would hurt so fucking much. Yeah, and and you would never stop talking about how much it hurts. Yeah. Um, Giles actually breaks like a like a vase or something over a dude's head at one point. Um, yeah, so like Angel's been like taunting Buffy about how this like eventually she realizes this is a distraction, so she goes off running. You fall for it every time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which she does. Um, Kendra's taking on those vamps in the in the library. Drusilla shows up, like takes her on, starts doing her like finger. Hypnotization well, thing. They, they like start the, swaying together. The fighting moves with Drusilla are pretty amusing because, like, she's really not moving around a whole lot. She's just kind of like waving her arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, they start like swaying together, which is unintentionally hilarious. Uh-huh. And then Drusilla like slashes Kendra's throat with her fingernails. Snick. You would think she would want to drink some of that sweet, sweet Slayer blood. Yeah, yeah. You would think. I mean, I'm trying to remember if they were like bring that up later. No, it's not. I guess that was more of a true blood thing, where it's like the blood is like really something, you know. Like there's there's no good spike in, goes fucking crazy for Slayer blood. Spike, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, well, there's like no some blood is like true blood better than others, you know. I don't know why you keep mentioning true blood. So now I've got stuck in my head. I love you, Jason Stackhouse. <laughs> I mean, is that a bad thing? No, um, it's a but great somewhere. scene has stuck in your head. Yeah, somewhere I just want to point out to everyone, our girl Faith has just been activated. Yeah, Buffy, the slow motion scene of her running in, she finds Kendra. There's no blood on the ground somehow. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they did drain her, like, off screen. Yeah. And then... So uh, like, That's what we came for, dears. And they drag Giles away. Yeah, and then the, this is where Whistler's doing his dumb monologue. And uh, then the police show up, like, freeze, with a gun. To be continued. I mean, yeah, he's, like, narrating about, like, you're never ready for the big moments, which it's like, I feel like they're about to just be like, do this like in media ray and like record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got into this yeah. situation. Well, this was a real to be continued. It's a, a week between this and the next one. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. back to back or anything. So then we're going to get um, into becoming part two. Well, let me just say real quick, the difference between a TV show and, re- and, and reality. Cause of course you and I will remember that graduation day part two was preempted because of Columbine. Kendra, who's not a student here, is like maybe the 10th body killed on school premises yeah. in the show in like the last month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a couple in just a day. Like the week before, the janitor shot a teacher in the face <laughs> and her body fell off a ledge and landed two stories below. Uh, this would, and this would shut down the school for years. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I've got, I have seven I've got moments. Five. Okay, I've got seven. Someday we'll have the exact same amount of uh, top moments and then the prophecy will be fulfilled. And <laughs> we can finally end this podcast. <laughs> so what did you see? You five? Got free. Yeah, I've got five. <laughs> okay, so I'll go quickly here. Uh, number seven moment. Xander is by Willow's bedside in the hospital, like pleading of her to wake up. She's Oof. his best friend, tells her he loves her. She wakes up. Finally, she says, Oz? Oof. Um, I'm really going to this scene because it's, it's, it's beautiful, but I like it. 
as the anchor to the end of season six when this friendship saves the world. Mm -hmm. Also, my runner up here would be Will on the phone of Buffy later from the hospital saying the doctors don't think her brain got smushed. Uh, (laughs) Number six, Xander goes and ties Giles to rescue him at the end. And after being fooled previously, he's reticent to believe this. And he's just like, you're not real. He's like, sure, I'm real. It's a trick. They get inside my head. They can see things I want. Then why would they make you see me? You're right. Let's go. Giles like, you're right. I would never want to see you. (laughs) It is interesting that we never really get, like, it doesn't seem like Xander's really, like, picking up any kind of, like, tips on how to be a guy from Giles. You know what I mean? He couldn't hope to be smart enough to learn those tips. But, But you would think, like, this is, like his we we know Xander's parents are trash. Um mm-hmm. and he like I think he like has to like sleep outside sometimes or like I don't know, it's crazy, like his home life. So you'd think He's Giles as like a male role model, he would be vibing off that more, but he doesn't really ever. I feel like at this point, because of his growing up and being a basement boy, I feel like Xander I don't know, just like isn't cognizantly aware of his need for positive male mm-hmm. role models. I mean, it'd be funny if, like, the next season he started dressing like Angel. <laughs> like, it, it would make a ton of sense if, like, Xander the whole time was, like, a really big fan of, like, the Joe Rogan podcast or something, you know? Like, oh. like where, where is he getting his Xanderness from? He's like, you know, he's got a lot of good ideas, that Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Warrior, <laughs> number five. Five, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Uh, just Angel saying the last time I tortured somebody they didn't even have chainsaws they do give Angelus a lot of good little one liners like that yeah this is like one of those things with um, Joss Whedon where he's he, he's good at playing with expectations and he knows how to write like a villain like he knows how to write that Marvel villain mm-hmm. where there's like not a lot there but like they're memorable they've got presence they feel like Ultron feels better more more satisfying than what whoever the villain in like thor 2 was yeah for real was <laughs> christopher eccleston i know that yeah um but number five is when drusilla comes in to give giles a mind job um she makes him see her as jenny calendar and he's like so heartbreakingly relieved also uh chest hair on giles we get like insert of that um and so like drusilla as jenny gets giles to tell what's going on you know he feels the angel's the key Later, after after they found that out, Angel gets it. He's glad to have Spike on his side again for suggesting this. And then they realize that Drusilla is still, like, passionately making out with <laughs> She's Giles. She's going for it, yeah. Like, they have to pull her out of this uh, reverie. And uh, she's like, sorry, I was in the moment. And I just, I just imagined, like, with Giles, like, he, like, gets that he's been fooled. And I just pictured Joe being like, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> I'm not going to forget this, Dad. But I will. <laughs> Steve Holt. All right. Uh, number four, just when yeah. Spike kind of shows up uh, to uh, save Buffy from the cop and they kind of, mm-hmm. you know, talk and make their alliance. And he's like, oh, just let me kill this guy. Yes. Yes. This is really like, it, it felt like we'd been building to this the whole season just with Spike's kind of reticence with some mm-hmm. of Angelus's plans. And it, it felt right that these two would have the uh, uneasy alliance together. Yeah, I mean, it's like, this seemed like a no-brainer scene, but also, how could you not be, like, a producer on this show and be like, I think we should bring this character back. Yeah, this character is just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, number four is when Willow wants to do the curse again and everyone, including Xander, is giving a hard time. And she says, do you see my resolve face? You've seen it before. You know what it means. <laughs> oh, I love her. Yeah, it's a great scene. Uh, number three, Buffy and Joyce and the that whole scene. I mean, the just have another glass of wine is uh, brutal. But then the, the speech that she gives her mom about how she didn't choose this, um, just A plus all around. It's kind of a, I don't know, a sister to the speech that she gives in Prophecy Girl about, you know, I'm 16 years old, I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. Or even God studying. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number three is Joyce and Spike in the living room. Have we met? You uh, hit me with an axe one time. Remember? Get the hell away from my daughter. Oh, do you live here in town? <laughs> Yeah, my number two is similar to that. It's when Joyce finds Buffy and Spike, and uh, they say, oh, we're in a band. And Spike says, she plays the triangle. And Buffy's like, drums. He's like, yeah, she's killer on the, or murder on the skins or something like that. Yeah. Well, and then she's like, what do you do? And he's like, well, I sing. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is, uh, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but Buffy's like, okay, you do remember that you're a vampire, right? And we like to talk big vampires, too. It's it's that whole thing. Yeah, that's Spike yeah. and, and Buffy. Um just the the way that she eventually gets to uh you want my help because your girlfriend's a big hoe. <laughs> <laughs> but just a classic, like she's like, I hate you, and he's like, But I'm all you got. Yeah. And then my number one, I suppose it's combo, just the sword fight in general, but then in particular when Angel yes. is resold and Buffy has to kill him. Oh. Okay. Um, I mean just I, I want somebody to take J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio and sit, set them down in chairs and like staple their eyelids open and make them watch that scene for all eternity and be like, this is how you do a tragic romance. If that's what you're trying to write, like you have, you do it this way where like the character has agency and it's deciding on like the tragic fate isn't just happening to her. Yeah. You don't, you don't bring back Leia's son and kill him 45 seconds later. Oh my God. Um, my number one is, you know, I could say it's the whole sword fight, but it's actually, it's when Buffy's lost her sword. Angel's just taunting her. He's about to kill her. And he's like, no, that's everything, huh? No weapons, no friends, no hope. Take all that away. And what's left? And she closes her eyes. And he's about to stab her in the face. And then she catches the sword between her palms. And she says, me. me. Yep. And she forces the blade back. And not just forces it back. She hits him in the face with the <laughs> handle. This is like my... Easily in my like top five of all Buffy moments ever. I fucking love this scene. Because again, I don't know, maybe it's basic, but Buffy is like my favorite character on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's fair. And I mean, yeah. the sword fight just rules. Um, I, obviously, in a modern uh, production, they'd probably just have these two uh, work more to do their own stunts, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, they do quite a bit of their own stunts in this, but yeah. it's too jarring, especially... The guy who plays Angel. <laughs> well, there's like the one shot where it kind of like the camera pulls up and it's a really neat shot, but it's like, oh, the the Buffy stunt person is just like behind a, a you know, arch the whole time where you can't see her. I mean, she does this like twirl in the air at one point that's utterly pointless, but it looks so good in, uh-huh. like a, in a pre-prequels era of sword fighting, uh, pre-Star Wars prequels era. Yeah, I... Uh, my only other complaint about the sword fight scene is that, you know, the score for Buffy is not terrible, but mm-hmm. like it has that kind of fake princess bride score. Mm-hmm. 
where like it's clearly not an orchestra it's like a guy with a keyboard doing an orchestra yeah he's he's using virtual instruments yeah um so it, it feels almost like it works in princess bride because it almost feels like a parody of those type of stories where here it's like this should probably be real i mean they think their score gets a lot better like the restless yeah. you know and stuff like yeah, that yeah yeah all right yeah. well this episode um at the beginning when like the cops show up and you know they see like a bunch of like unconscious bodies lying around they're gonna arrest buffy she like uh she like you know elbows a cop she's gonna run away they were just firing guns at her which seems insane now Uh, it's like completely nuts for that cop to just be like taking a shot also with snyder in the way yeah with snyder in the way i know he's short but still she's short too it's like he should have taken one on the shoulder at least yeah really um so you get fugitive buffy yeah snyder snyder shows up to witness that which will give him the you know excuse later on to uh expel her not that that really takes buffy immediately goes barely incognito to the hospital to check on her friends <laughs> yeah. this is a terrible idea <laughs> yeah she just puts on like a black beanie Ooh, you're almost invisible i mean she might as well just like a plant that she holds in front of her <laughs> so, so cops come by xander hugs her to cover her and she says okay that was equal parts covering for me and copying a feel right come on and it's just like ha 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 xander is that friend who cops a feel ha 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 Xander's like, it's all right that I have a boner because I got a broken arm. Um, so the credits here will tell us that Robbie Lamorne is in this episode. So I was like, oh. Well, this is back in the day where like they never kept surprises the way they will sometimes sneakily do now. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you were just going to get them in the credits no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think like the like the like shocker was like was an episode of ER where like they snuck Clooney into the end and people were like, oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Find out Willow's in a coma. Um, her parents are with relatives in Phoenix. She, uh, she can Hastings. wake up any time, but the longer it lasts, the less likely it is, Sander tells us. Yeah. Um, her, her parents are out of town being dentists. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but I, I don't think that's right. But for some reason, it's like a Hermione thing. I keep thinking her parents are dentists. <laughs> um, this is where Cordy shows up. She's like, oh, I like ran through three counties before I realized no one was chasing me. And they're like, cool, well, where's Giles? And she's like, uh, I didn't see him. And they're like, oh, fuck. Also, because I'm on an anti-Xander bent, Xander's like, oh, I didn't even think to call Oz. I mean, yeah, that's dude, rough. I, I mean, come on, dude. But I mean, come on. be honest. When you were watching the scene for the first time, were you like, what about Oz? Well, I didn't notice a lot of Xander's things. I'll yeah. put it that way. <laughs> also, I knew that uh, what's his name was a guest star. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like sometimes, you know, again, it's like sometimes Saeed's not in the episode. He really should be. Uh, No, fortunately, they never had a thing where like Sawyer's like, oh, shit, I didn't even think to call Saeed. (laughs) So we've got Giles kind of waking up at the Angelus mansion here. Mm -hmm. And this is where the, you know, last time I tortured people, they know Chainsaw's line. And we find out that he needs to know like the right sequence of rituals formed to be able to pull the sword out of the Kothla here. Angel, it's not even like he's dressed like rock star Lestat. This is like Dread Pirate Roberts without the mask, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Like if he had the chainsaw later and he's like, I'll let you on a secret, I'm not actually left-handed. <laughs> he tosses the chainsaw on the other hand. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. 
um so buffy's house the cops are there and they are assholes oh this one guy's a prick man he's like such a smug dick yeah he's like sticking the joys with how violent her daughter is how little she knows about her daughter you call us okay if she decides to stop by that's what she just comes in yeah so joyce clearly doesn't know what's going on she's like oh my buffy might be staying over friend willow's house and the one cop he's like oh yeah willow rosenberg second victim just to like rub it into joyce's face do they really think this teenage girl like took out all these people to library? Well, more importantly, they clearly like know that the mother knows nothing. Uh-huh. Oh, They're I just, just like there to like be shitty to her. I mean, I do think it is in this episode that we get the exposition about. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a Snyder thing. It maybe it's in. Is it in this one? I think it is. Where it's just like they're like deeply stupid Sunnydale cops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, like. You find a library where, like, you have one dead teenager. There's another one who's been knocked unconscious. Another who has a, a broken arm. And you're like, yeah, this 16-year-old girl definitely did this. Also, this library, for some reason, is filthy with medieval weaponry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why there's so many battle axes. And just, like, like someone just, like, broke a chair. And, like, they sharpened the legs of the chair. Who does that? Oh, what kind of gang is that? Yeah. Then it's time for your, your boy to show up, your favorite character but, but, here. But the the only problem with that line that Snyder has is that like uh like two episodes previous or three episodes previous, it's a police detective who clearly talks to Schneider about how the cops know more about what's going on than they let on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why aren't these also but why aren't these cops like staking out this house? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So then yeah, so Buffy goes to Giles' house. And Whistler is there. Upstairs just, for some reason. Yeah, just lying in Giles' bed, I assume. Like, what the fuck? Like, why are you in... It's only the bed up there. What mm-hmm. are you doing? He's just like, oh, so this is where they found her body, huh? Mm-hmm. I think I'll just lay down. He's uh, switched to... This is like almost a zoot suit, not quite. <laughs> He's immediately a creep. He's like... I'm waiting for you. And she's like, why? He's like, because I need a date to a prom. Yeah. What the fuck? You you know she's 16, right? This guy's just, I don't know. It's a different goofy hat, I think, that he's wearing. Like a different trilby. Like, Demons, hey, we got a different age of consent loss. He's got the the buttoned up shirt on underneath with, with like the really like wide collar that kind of like sticks out like the lapels. Yeah. Thanks, I hate it. Uh-huh. Um, he's telling her that he assumed Angel would save the day here, but it's her fault for Angel being an evil vampire again. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like he wants to squeeze Just in her daddy evil out. vagina, Buffy. Like, he is so shitty. Like, <laughs> what? The whole thing was like trying to turn on Angel to help Buffy. And here he's like, well, I flat out thought that Angel was the good guy because he's the dude. It's like, uh. Well, we do get a kind of classic Joss Whedon-y, um, lampshade here she's like what are you just some immortal demon sent down to even the score between good and evil which is like yes that's exactly what he is so yeah he's like, like she throws it back in his face with that that, that did sit on the sidelines and don't get involved so she goes walking she gets stopped by a cop he wants to like you know put her her hands in handcuffs and that's when spike shows up and knocks this guy out and he's like hello cutie and uh, they so- uh he doesn't want to fight though he's you know waving the white flag here and kind of you know propositions the uh the plan that he has or he he just wants drew they get away and then you know buffy can fight angel happy meals of legs mm-hmm. yeah so this is the scene then where xander's by willow's 
bedside in the hospital. He's pleading for her to wake up. She does eventually wake up um, after he's basically declared his like friendly love for her. And she's like, Oz? And of course, that's when Oz walks in too. And Oz is too cool for it. But I feel like he's got to be wondering, why did I only just get this call? <laughs> like when Willow asks, everyone's okay. I wanted Oz to be like, I wouldn't know because no one called I mean, me. It is the same night, right? I don't think yeah. it's the next day yet. I don't know. But she's been here for hours at this point. Does Xander have Oz's phone number? Is this is this like the excuse that he's going to fall on? Like, I'm sorry, man. I just couldn't get your number. Oh, because this was back in the day, you know, before cell phones and whatnot, where like you just had like a hundred phone numbers memorized in your head at all times. Yeah. Presumably Xander just knew Oz's phone number, knew how to get in touch with them, I guess. Yeah. So Andrew starts like torturing Giles a little more. Um, Buffy and Spike walk to her place. I love the way she keeps like eyeing him, like to make sure he's not up to something. So then when Joyce sees her and drives up, Buffy's gives Spike this like, extra stern, like be on your best behavior look. Well, and there's like the great bit where um, he's just like, you haven't told her or she doesn't know. Well, <laughs> like, Joyce is no great. Cause she's just like, she's just like, who is this man? Who are you? Yeah. A rock band with Spike here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love that this, like this rock band excuse, like, pretty quickly placates joyce for a minute she's hell on the old skins you know <laughs> yeah um so spike and buffy like like kill a vampire together like in front of the house like she watches him turn to dust buffy has to say mom i'm a vampire slayer and joyce makes this great like the fuck face <laughs> also this is the second time we find out we will find out that she's told her mom she's a vampire slayer. In, in normal again which at some point i should really rewatch that episode i feel like yeah could have uh, been yeah. better than originally appreciated. I believe that's the one that was written by Joss Whedon's assistant. Hmm, okay. Um, Dr. The commercial, Buffy's at home on the phone with Willow in the hospital. Oz has brought her something to eat. And Willow's adorable. It's when we find out that her brain's not been smushed. This is when uh, uh, Spike and Joyce are just like sitting awkwardly in the yeah. living room. Buffy tells Xander like, her plan. Buffy is just like, okay, Spike, you and my mom just go in there. I got to go make a phone call, so you know talk amongst yourselves i don't trust you but i'm clearly far too trusting and i'm on a timetable here yeah. um but buffy tells xander her plan which is to hit xander's mansion come daybreak and just the spike scenes it's like the one of the joy of uh getting to this rewatch i mean amongst many other but yeah spike and buffy negotiate and the sticking point is basically drusilla's life and spike's like happy to learn that drew bagged a slayer yeah and buffy's like yeah that that's not helping your case here uh, so Joyce jumps in and she's like, so did you kill that girl? But it's like, of course not. And later she'll be like, well, now that we know that you didn't kill that girl. We can just go to the like, police. It's like, what the fuck, mom? Um, yeah, so the, the deal was worked out. Like Drew for Angel, he'll take her out of the country. He's like, you'll never see us again. I bloody hope. Um, and that's when we get the, just have another glass of wine, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. Well, just the, the all the metaphors at play of a parent saying to their child, are you sure that you're a blank? Have mm-hmm. you tried not being a blank? Is it because you didn't have a strong father figure? Um, and I think honestly, the well, now that we know that you're innocent is such a damning line. I don't know, like, I, I get where Joyce is coming from. It's just, it's not, it's not a good look. Especially when you, when you end it with, you walk out of this house, don't ever think about coming back. Damn, Joyce, damn. 
I mean, we're definitely on yeah. Buffy's side there, but I Damn. I can see where Joyce is coming from. Like, it kind of makes sense that she's trying to put her foot down here because yeah. Joyce hasn't been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer the whole time. All she knows is that crazy shit is going down and, like, her daughter is in trouble with the law and there's, all you know, like, people are dying and Joyce is trying to be the parent and the authority figure, but it's, like, it's too late for that. Yeah, yeah I mean, but also, it's way too late for her to exert control. Like, yeah. Like, you know this town is fucked. <laughs> you should have done something drastic a long time ago. Um, so at the hospital, Willow wants to try the curse again. It's like being sick. Um, the Oz has a very Joss Whedon line where he's like, this is all making a kind of sense that's not. It's a very Joss line, yeah. So Willow sends Xander to find Buffy and stall so she can do the curse. Xander will sort of do that. Um, <laughs> at the mansion, Angel keeps torturing Giles. Um, he wants to stop. So Giles will give him his info, but Giles is defiant. And I love this kind of like back and forth. It's such a simple line where, when Spike comes in and tries to like, he's like trying to stall for Buffy in the yeah. deal. But, but you know, Angel's like, when did you get so level headed? Spike's like, when you got so pig headed. <laughs> and I don't fancy spending the next month trying to get librarian out of the carpet. Yeah. Spike is pretty <sighs> smooth about you know, working the manipulation to keep Giles alive without being obvious about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so called, factor, this guy. Giles calls him a pillock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So British. Um, yeah, and they're going to bring in Drew to do a mind job. Um, mind job. So, so school library, Buffy goes back and surveys the crime scene. There's a giant go bag of weapons right under Cops the table where they it. all sit. Yeah. Seriously, it's like a massive duffel of mm-hmm. medieval weaponry. So Snyder shows up to taunt her and she's like, you know, I didn't do it. The police will figure it out. He's, this is when he's like, in case you didn't know it, the police in Sunnydale are deeply stupid. Hey, free drinks at Cork's bar. Um, and he relishes expelling Buffy as she whips out a sword. He really does look like orgasmic as he's like, you're expelled. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole, the whole Whistler speech about the big moments was really referring yeah. to Snyder getting to tell her off finally. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, does he call the mayor after this, I think? Yeah, yeah, he's like, it's yeah. Snyder. Tell the mayor I have some good news. Dun, dun, dun. Then we get the Drusilla mind job where she turns into Jenny Callender. Oh, I just need to tell me, you know, how to stop uh, Angel's plan. We find out that Angel needs to use his own blood, not the blood of uh, somebody else that he kills. Yeah. So at John's place, Whistler's still there. Has he fucking moved in? Is he paying rent? What the fuck? He's just there. He's like, like, it was, I mean, it's like several hours at least. He's just been hanging yeah. out. He, you know, he's used the bathroom. Oh, he's, he's like getting, uh, he's looking for booze, I think. He's like looking around in the cupboards, looking for a beer, maybe. Like, here's what I'm saying. Uh, you're an adult man. Here's a line that you don't utter in front of a teenager. You know, raiding an Englishman's fridge is like dating a nun. You're never going to get the good stuff. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a high school girl, buddy. Who are you trying to impress? <laughs> Really? Um, like so he tells her the key to defeating angel and she's like i've got nothing left to lose and rushes off and he's like to no one he's like you're wrong kid you got one more thing he could have told her that he she's just outside he could have been like hey buffy before i go try on giles's jammies mm-hmm. i just want to let you know you do still have one more thing to lose there's no reason for me not to tell you that yeah. other than being dramatic so then we see it's okay. sunrise, 
We see Buffy's like walking with the sword, like kind of in a rolled up in a blanket. And Xander just kind of like randomly pops out of the bushes with a rock. And it's just like back up here. It's just me and a rock. Um, the established shot of this mansion looks nice. I don't know if I mentioned this. I redownloaded it and I've been playing Sims 2 a lot in the last week. Wow. Okay. Just basically designing you're, you're houses. In a dark place, huh? Clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would a depressed guy be designing mansions and Sims have you, 2? Have you started like killing off your Sims yet? I have not started playing with my Sims yet. Okay. I've did just you, been Did you do the houses. code where you have like unlimited money so you can no, like, build whatever there's you want? A, I, there's a way where you can just design the houses okay. without even fucking with the people. Right, right. Like, I was okay. like, I wish I had known this. But yeah, this mansion looks like one of the houses I would design in Sims 2. Because <laughs> uh, you can do like a whole bedroom that just has coffins in it now in that game. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyway, yeah, so Xander's got his rock and he brings a message from Willow. Why don't you tell the people what the message is? Kick his ass, Buffy. Season seven, baby. It's amazing that it takes that long for that to come out. Um, yeah. I like, was shocked because I thought the show had forgotten. Well, you would have thought it would come up in season three at some point when Angel comes back. and that kind of I don't know topic. if you remember, but Buffy's friends are pretty shitty to her at the start of season three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, it it is funny that they eventually do call back to it. Like when mm-hmm. I, it's, thematically it makes sense that they would do it in that episode because it's about like whether or not she should kill Anya. Um, you know what it reminds not me Xander's of finest though? moment, that's for sure. No, Xander's going to have fewer and fewer of those as the show progresses. Um, it reminds me a little bit of uh, it, season seven of another show when there's a character who's pretty problematic and another guy who also happens to be friends with uh, Hermione sits him down and it's just like, so you're a big creep, huh? <laughs> Teenage... The teacher going after his teenage students? Huh. Yeah, although I, I would say here, I think we're supposed to be mad at Xander. You know, it's this is more the intentional versus unintentional. Like, yeah, like Xander's, there are the flaws that he's supposed to have and then the flaws that uh, are there that I don't think the writers knew that were existed because the writers had them flaws themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the hospital, Will's like, doing her ritual reading. She tells Oz, you don't have to understand the Latin. They'll be speaking. You just have to say it. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> and then uh, just in full leather pants, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts uh, outfit here, Angel's going to do buckle. the ceremony again. I always wonder when, whenever in a, a TV or a movie, when they have to like, you know, cut, you know, like offer some blood for some reason, you know, they're going to cut their hand. It's always mm-hmm. like this insane slash across their entire palm. It's like mm-hmm. you couldn't have just done a little poke. Like I was in Bright, they did that, like where she like cuts her whole hand. It's like, why? There's a. Or not Bright, sorry. Uh, great. The Great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like a scene in like Deep Space Nine where it's like Klingon General storms in and like Commander Cisco and Major Kira have to like prove that they're all not changelings. Mm-hmm. So they use the same knife. Oh, yeah. And all cut their palms and just like bleed on the table. It is and like it, they didn't have like a like a 10-minute dialogue heavy scene afterwards where I'm just like, number one, your hands are all bleeding. It is funny. I mean, those those scenes were always cringy, but now like watching that scene in the grate, I'm just like, no germs. You know, like well, like back then, yeah. notice that all but, but like you know during our, our these difficult times um yeah. you just notice yeah. all that a lot more yeah 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 so he's got his palm uh buffy shows up right take angel on and he's like you're coming on kind of strong do you really think you can take us all on and she's like 
no, I don't. And Spike jumps up and starts like beating Angel with like a crowbar. Or like a fire poker just, like, or something. Yeah. I love that he's just like painful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spike is just wailing on him as Drew or Drusilla just kind of like starts freaking out. Um, yeah, she like tackles him. Bubby takes on like the hench vamps. Sander rushes like, in and punches somebody with his cast, which I feel like he would just pass out. And just like from the pain, it would just like knock him unconscious. I feel like that would break even more bones. Oh, uh, also, yes. It's a, why is it all as a plaster cast too in in uh, movies and TV shows? Is it not in real life? I mean, every time I broke my arm in high school, every time, every time, yeah. The it's like fiberglass, you know. It's the the whole, you know. Um, well, you know, it's like a different color that you pick or whatever. Like, but it's like I feel like they stopped doing plaster casts, like you know, in the '80s or something. Oh, I mean, I saw like a episode of House since all of this, and they were doing plaster casts. Really? Like, my question is, is I'm curious about how they mold the fiberglass. I'm also curious every time. How many times have you broken your arm in high school? Why don't you let's just say total in my life? Guess how many times I broke my wrist. More than your wrist, just your wrist. Yeah. Three? Five. Son of a bitch. What are you doing? What gangs are you in? Just, Where are people buried? Are you just like stupid stuff? Like like jumping off the swings, but like jumping a little bit too late. So I pitch forward and just basically like fall right on my face and my hand. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, climbing up a rope into a tree and then the rope becomes undone and I just fall and brace myself. Um I'll I'll catch myself with my lucky wrist. One time is do you wear earth balls? Those giant balls? Uh there's nothing not funny about that (laughs) sense. They're like these giant, like six foot or larger diameter balls that they would have in like PE. Do you remember those? Balls ten more times. (laughs) Just honestly balls a few more times. Just big old, big old bouncy heavy balls. I can't have balls flying past my face. There goes your social life. You remember those, right? I don't remember Earth Balls. I really? guess I will Google Earth Balls. Just, there's just like these giant balls that they would have in PE, where like you would like like medicine balls. Are you saying medicine balls? No, they're they're huge though. Earth balls. <laughs> I'm literally just seeing giant Earth balls. Like they look like like plastic globes. Yeah. Okay, so Earth Ball game. Maybe there's another word for them. <laughs> this this Google image search is almost like hypnotic and it's, mm-hmm. it's surreal qualities. Take a look at the Google image search here. I'll, I'll type in big PE balls. Maybe that'll give you something. <laughs> uh, it's not what I was expecting. I can't believe they didn't have these at your school. Anyway, it was just like a thing of pee. They'd have this giant ball. We had a lot, of, you would a just lot like, of overlapping schools, my friends. You would just kind of run and like throw yourself into and it would like, you know, bounce. But anyway, what happened was I was on one side of the ball. Somebody else like charged and like, you know, threw themselves into the other side of the ball. And it just like blew me back like 20 feet or something, you know, landed on my wrist. That was you another time. You forgot to say away. <laughs> <laughs> so... Basically like a trampoline type scenario where you were laying on it and somebody else bounced you. Ish. Yeah, but like standing up. Yeah. 
and somehow your wrist mm-hmm. your wrist couldn't handle that ball actually. another time in dodgeball um yeah i was right wow. running backwards you're gonna get killed by a giant ball my friend catching a ball and it kind of like threw me off and i landed on my wrist that was the worst one that was like the the severe fracture where like it didn't completely break the skin but you could see like a big old a big old lump on my wrist where the bone was and it wasn't supposed to be there Jesus. good times do you have any anyway, nerves that's fiber glass casts do you have any nerves left in that wrist? I guess so. Okay. I mean, are you just like giving yourself a stranger every time? I can feel it. Okay, cool. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that it's not even going to be ironic when the thing that eventually ends your story is a giant ball. I just Googled giant balls and one of the like autocorrects was giant balls syndrome. <laughs> well, oh, God. I got to get off this image search um like like do you watch the beginning of raiders of lost ark and just like freak out <laughs> wait are they called push balls is that what we're calling these things okay i guess push ball will will give you some hits yeah push ball uh, you gotta be careful who's pushing this mm-hmm. just don't be standing on the wrong side when somebody pushes it seriously Just... These look like little kid things. Mm. I'm looking at Papa Balls. <laughs> Papa Balls, huh? Papa Balls are those little like fake Fisher Price like vacuum cleaner type things where the balls pop in the giant ball as you're mimicking. I'm also seeing it called Bladder Ball. <laughs> the rest of this podcast Exercise is going to be ball. only ball related content. Mm hmm. If you want to know what happened at the end of Buffy season two, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Have you ever broken a bone? Have I ever broken a bone? No, just the heart. I was just like breaking wrists constantly from like, I don't know, ages like nine to 16, I think. The same wrist? Um, or- is usually the first three times with the right wrist and then, then the other two are the left wrist. Oh, yeah. So you need to even it out. You need to do one more on the left. Yeah, I think I'm good. The one, the left yeah, one like, is much more severe. Yeah, you know, like a like a keggle ball attack or something that will take you down. Mm-hmm. Huh? I just say keggle ball because it was my Google image search because balls. My, yeah, my computers are corrupted <laughs> by balls now. Um, fuck. Where were we? What were we talking about? We're, Whose balls were we talking about? We're uh, having a fight. We're angels fighting some vampires. Spike just beat the shit out of Angel, and now he's kind of like fighting Drew. He's a uh, as the I don't want to hurt you, baby. Doesn't mean I won't. Yeah, and then we're cutting back to Willow doing the spell. Remember when Buffy kicked Angel in the balls? Balls. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So this is the when Xander goes and Ty Giles, and it's just the you know they make me see the things I want. He's like, why would you make me see me? You're right. Um, so Buffy takes on the one vampire while Spike and Drew are fighting. Angel recovers with his bloody hand. He goes and pulls the sword out of a kafla, and this thing starts up. And he does like a like a neat little flip with the sword that spins it around. Yeah, so it's time for Buffy to, for Buffy and Angel to have their sword fight. And Angel's like, "My boy, a kafla's about to wake up. You're going to hell." She's like, "Save me a seat." I mean, everything's better knows, with the sword fight. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, except unless balls are related, then you're definitely losing them. Um, also, Buffy knows how to get in there, get the one line. 
it ended. Like, don't don't shop out like five different lines. Like, this is a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, Angel. Um, so again, we start switching back and forth between our main actors and our stunt doubles. It is so noticeable. <laughs> um, you know what? It's they had no budget for this show, so you just kind of have to go with it. I I absolutely didn't notice it at the time. It's very so, it's very ambitious for a show like this to like be doing these complicated camera moves and fight scenes, even if they are stunt doubles. So, let me just say that the uh, uh, I showed up to school the next day, and this is all I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And if my classes weren't talking about the finale of Buffy, I wasn't paying attention. Um, so yeah, Will keeps doing her ritual. This is when like over. she's like been fading. And it's like oh man, she's losing her strength, and suddenly yeah, it's like she starts channeling something and like all of a sudden she's like all business like spitting out mm-hmm. this curse business time yeah mm-hmm. she starts supercharging this thing a Catholic's mouth's about to open spike is suffocated drusilla she's passed out would that work would that work yeah do they breathe i mean here's my question vampires smoke does smoking not involve breathing and inhalation and exhalation is it something you can do but you don't have to do is it muscle memory this is where I don't know that- Spike picks up Drew and he's like, oh, looks like he's going to kill her. Eh, and just leaves. Yeah, shrug. <laughs> um, so Buffy's lost her sword. This is when he's like taunting her. You know, you get no friends, no hope, no weapons. We can take all the way what he got left. She's like, me, bitch. And then boink. Um, just, yeah. Sword hilt right to the face. And she gets her sword back and they really start fighting. And again, there's some twirls. It's great. Like midair, like, uh, uh, like uh, ice skating twirls basically with swords a, 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 a triple lutz a triple lutz if you will but with mm-hmm. a sword again this is the score i really noticed the like, they do the like pimchenko yeah yeah the the princess bride uh, score here and then right as she's about to really strike him down his soul returns his soul returns you can tell it's angel not angelus because he do- adopts this really dopey look on his face and this is like what it's great because he's uh standing right in front of the statue of Akafla. Buffy's looking at him and looking at the statue behind him and seeing that like its mouth is starting to open. This is just classic tragedy, rip your heart out, but like it, it feels so earned. And it, mm-hmm. it it's like Buffy, she still gets to be the one to make the decision, like, you know, that she has to do this, she has to, you know, send him to hell to to close this hell dimension. Like point, point of no return. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like freaked out look on her face he sees that she's hurt he hugs her and he's like oh god i feel like i haven't seen you in months and she like nuzzles him as the portal's opening and he's like what's happening and she's like don't worry about it she kisses him it's getting and bigger and bigger him, yeah. and close your he, eyes she says yeah and then he has a kind of confused look on his face like holding out his hand as uh he gets sucked back in it's just great mm-hmm she just runs him through with that sword. And just, man, fucking compare this to how the Rise of Skywalker ended, where it's like, Ray just dies, and, you know, Ben Solo revives her, and she just kind of wakes up, kisses him, and then he dies, and it's just like, and that's it. Like, there's, yeah. like, Ray doesn't really have a choice in the matter at all. It's like, it just kind of happens, and then she's like, all right, and then I'm just going to move on to the next scene, like, nothing happened. Well, you could tell me better. Was it, was, was it not... Jenny Nicholson, who just tweeted recently, does Ray even really know what Ben Solo did for her? Yeah, who even knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why it's such a bafflingly stupid scene. Uh-huh. Like, 
Does she just wake up and there he is? And she's like, oh, hi, Ben. Um, according to canon, I will give you just a really like <laughs> gratitude smooch. Well, yeah, you can imagine a scenario where they're like, we really want to kill Ben Solo, but we're going to we want to make it like sad and tragic. Like there are ways you could do that where it's like, oh, Buffy has to kill him to stop Palpatine or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. there's ways you can construct that. And they just did not. Um, mm-hmm. You want to see how it's done? Watch this episode. It's fantastic. Yeah. Ugh. But Sarah Michelle Geller is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. Um, again, I just I wonder if sometimes if like this show and the the weight of this legend took so much out of her that she's just like, I don't want to pursue a bigger career more and more heights or was it just a matter of like people were like oh hey it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer playing whatever and they just she got pigeonholed into things I mean I'm sure too they're doing 22 episodes of this season like this must have been grueling you know Mm -hmm. with the Mm -hmm. the action you know 22 scripts a year like this was like a a real jobby job this isn't like tv shows now or it's like 10 episodes yeah well and, and She's the title character. She's the eponymous Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's going to be in minimum 70% of the episode. Yeah. Um, so also, it's the 90s, so it's a finale. Guess what happens? Sarah McLaughlin starts playing. Some Sarah Mac. Buffy walks to, to her old home, and then we see Joyce going upstairs and finding like the window open. And seemingly, Buffy's been here to like raid her closets, and she finds a letter that we don't know what the letter says, but it makes Joyce cry. Uh, Joyce is like she's gone to bed. She's she's slept. <laughs> Wakes up to find that her daughter's come in and like packed up her shit. Mm-hmm. Um, school. Giles, Xander, Cordelia, and Oz meet with Willow. Willow's in a wheelchair. Buffy and took Oz all the like, garlic with her. It looks like. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, it always seasons food nicely. Mm-hmm. But Oz is like, and we know that the world didn't end because check it check out. it out. <laughs> so. Um, Xander thinks that maybe Buffy had to kill Angel before it worked. He hopes. Willow wonders if Buffy and Angel are off somewhere celebrating because she's a believer in happy endings. And Xander's just that- like, man, I hope uh, she killed Angel before the spell worked. Otherwise, it's going to be a really awkward conversation eventually. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We'll have to have it for like, uh, I don't know, four years, five years. Yeah. Uh, um, Willow is sure that Buffy will be along soon, um, even though they just took finals. So what are they even doing there? But meanwhile, Buffy watches them across the lawn like Sherlock in the graveyard at the end of season two of Sherlock. Uh, she walks off of her duffel bag, her hoodie, and her massive jeans. Mm-hmm. Are these, what were those called? Jenkos? Jenkos? I don't yeah, think they're okay. Jenkos, but they are pretty big jeans, yeah. <laughs> they're Jenkos on her. <laughs> and then we see her in a bus and she's uh, leaving Sunnydale there. And you see the uh, you're now leaving Sunnydale sign. Well, oh, and then. Soon. There's like a couple fighting in the back of the bus and because she's Jack Reacher, <laughs> she has to go like regulate. But yeah, goddamn, this is how you do a season finale. God yeah. Damn. And I mean, this is back in the day when you never knew when a show was getting picked up. So every finale felt pretty final. Yeah. Like you could have ended the show here. Yeah, yeah. And just very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Also, also the Gur Arg monster says, oh, I need a hug <laughs> for the first time. Uh, any complaints? I think we we touched on Whistler. Really, I think is the main one that I had, which is just like, why do we really need him? Like, I didn't really feel like he added much. No, Whistler's bad. Um, I mean, honestly, couldn't you have like 
tied in some other element from like the Calderash tribe to take over. Yeah. Who I mean, I think they wanted to link it to a Kafla though. I don't know. But like, it's not really linked to a Kafla. But seemingly that's why he was there. It was all for this thing with a Kafla. I don't know. Well, so the, the comics will tell you, no, the, the comics will tell you that the reason that Whistler came and got Angel in his hobo phase in Manhattan in the early 90s was for something that'll happen in like Buffy season eight. That's the comics. Sure. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, Jenny's fridge, but again, I, I would argue that this is the least egregious fridging. I, I can't word it correctly to say what I mean, but like, this is not like other fridgings where it's done solely to give Giles like a storyline. Yeah. It like ties into every aspect of it. I wouldn't have minded more Kendra if Kendra's actually a, a character. I mean, they kind of leave her intentionally flat, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Um, and Xander. I mean, Xander's something about Xander. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all that we discussed last week is Xander as far as I think there are ways that his character is portrayed negatively that are like I said, intentional and then ways where I don't think it was intentional at all, but you watch it now and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as make one change, honestly, I can't really think of much. Like it's like a pretty tight uh, few episodes we watch here. I mean, the becoming finales can't really think of, I mean, other than just getting rid of Whistler and like, you know, yeah. finding something else yeah. to do with that. There's not a lot of flab. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this show is better than most shows about how it, it massages in like the character stuff to, to the actual like big stakes scenes mm-hmm. and the scenes you need to set things up. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I've got 12 in my power rankings here. I actually have 13. Really? I wonder if I forgot yeah. someone. I guess we'll find out. Who do you got 13? Whistler. Oh, you know, I did not rank him. So he would be my 13. <laughs> forgot about that asshole. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your 12? Uh, Principal Snyder. Oh, shit. Me too. Nice. asshole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have Principal Snyder as well. Um, I mean, I, I, I do like Armin Shimmerman and mm-hmm. I can name three of his roles. I mean, it's like they're all pretty, you know, big properties. Mm-hmm. The third being Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number 11. I've got Joyce. Oh, okay. Um, at number 11, I have Xander. Ooh. Well, I've got Xander at 10. Um, okay. I think a better showing in this group of episodes for Xander than the others we watched. Yeah. It's just, he's more involved. He's not like as meta, like in those other episodes we watched is just like, he was just there to make snarky comments about stuff that's happening. But mm-hmm. like, at least he has like, I don't know, some skin in the game and like, he's like engaging with what's going on instead of like just acting like aloof about it, you know? I mean, watching this in high school, I was also in high school and I wasn't as considerate about the larger world around me. And I certainly had no perspective on what like the women I knew were going through <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but I look at this now and I think, my God, trying to be just a willow or a buffy and all the little objectifying <laughs> comments adding up each and every day and poor willow like she's like oh this is my best friend since fifth grade it's like just imagine watching that slow decline of him just being grosser yeah um i have joyce summers at 10 okay so we just flip flop there joyce i mean i love joyce but 
aside of Buffy, it's hard. I mean, I know where Joyce is coming from, but it's hard to watch some of those scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see, number nine, I've got Oz. It's not really Mm -hmm. in these episodes that much. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, they... His lines were a little like overweened, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like is Joss pulling away from from Xander? Yeah. Um, nine. I don't know why I put this character here. I feel like it's more of the potential of this character, and she does have like one humanizing moment, but it's Kendra. Kendra the vampire. Oh, yeah, I did not put Kendra on here. Yeah. Sorry, Mister Pointy. Hmm. Uh, I've got Cordelia, Miss Cordy Chase, number eight. Mm. I actually put them together. I have Cordelia and Oz here mm, because okay. both are underutilized. I feel like Cordelia would have thought to call Oz. Probably, yeah. She's she's she would unexpectedly like be on that. I think because like, isn't there a little bit with the body where where it's like you can tell Anya and Tara know what it's like to be the the significant others to this group? <laughs> and I also think like they're that, never think, never really allowed to be full fledged members. I think Cordelia has to be like at least like a little bit calculating to know that like you know make sure that Oz is around a lot when like it's Xander and Willow just to be on the oh, safe yeah. side, you know? Yeah, for real. Uh, where are we at? Number seven. Yep, Drusilla. Okay. Good old Drew. Yeah, I have Drusilla here as well. Um, she's fallen, I think, in my estimations only, or in my my categories, just because there's less of her. In yeah. A way. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get as many wacko moments to shine. <laughs> also, I, we didn't. I didn't follow up with you. What is she holding in her arms in those last two episodes? Well, I don't think she has any in the in the last one. Well, he's doing the first, like, now I become. She's got something in her arm, and I can't tell if it's a teddy bear or that dead dog. Well, I'll check. And the, the first ritual, you say? Yeah. Well, let's see here. Now I become. She. I think it's a doll. Okay. Let me see if I can get a better shot of that. Yeah, it looks like a doll. I was going to say, it'd be hilarious if that dog is now dead and she's yeah. just carrying it around with her. Uh, yeah, she drops it at one point in that scene. Okay. What's your number six? Uh Angelus slash Angel, I guess, but you know, mostly Angelus here. Mm, okay. Uh number six, I've got Jenny Calendar. It's nice to see her back. Hmm, she's my number five. Good old Jenny Calendar. Um if only she'd been number- the I don't know, a little bit safer, maybe worked from home instead of the school. Like, I don't know. I feel like they're a little bit cavalier about the danger that they're in. Like, they know Angel's out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Again, this body count is they're not, massive. They're not exactly, like, going, uh, you know, like, Lily and Jane's Potter, like, secret keeping, you know, like, hidden uh, hiding place that no one can find because you know somebody wants to kill you. Well, it's it's all, like, TV rules. A mm-hmm. villain would never care, kill a main character. Yeah. Um, he would only kill a tertiary character at best. And then if he does, we'll find out later that they don't recycle. So they deserve to die. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have? Five? Uh, yes, I had Jenny Calendar at five. Okay. Five is where I have Angelus or Angel or okay. Liam. Um, all of his many iterations. I mean, he's fine. There's some fun villain moments with him. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're going to have all the same ones, four through one, but we'll see here. 
Mm-hmm. You, you might have in slightly different order. I've got number four, Spike. Uh, number four, I have Giles. Okay. Yeah, I've got Giles at three. Mm. Uh, at three, I have Spike. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, not then, too and, off. and then I assume Willow and then Buffy, right? C- correct. Yeah. I mean, Buffy, it's hard, hard to ever not put her at number one, I feel like. That's what I love about the show. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, like, I mean, I was shocked when we were doing Lost Rankings, and I would put, like, Ben above Jack. And it's like, but it's like, well, I mean, that's how I feel. So, yeah, but Buffy will always be my favorite character. She, they never, they never do her dirty. I mean, they do great ensemble work, but they always remember who's the fucking star. Mm-hmm. And give She's her good stories. Slayer. Yeah. The chosen one. Well, I don't know. I feel like uh, her friends do her dirty in season seven, but. Well, her friends do her dirty at the beginning of season three. I don't want to do that episode. Dead Man's Party. I don't want to do it. Dead Man's Party. Which one it's like is episode that? Episode two, I think. Oh, by the way, the the doll Drusilla is holding has a blindfold on, so that that fits. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a uh, Claire's doll from from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was season two of Buffy. Uh, such a classic season. We had to do it in two parts. Yeah. Let me take a look at the season three listings here. So you said you had eight. I have eight. Well, obviously we're not going to do those all at once. Um, no, 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 no. Also, are we, we going to do this next week, or are we going to maybe take a little time? Um, that's a good question. It's it's doable if if you want to do it, but I could also see taking a week off. We may take a week off. We'll we'll just see how our schedule lines up. Yeah, we we might have something cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel. Just I'm just gonna look at a few of these and throw some ideas out. Okay. Uh Faith, Hope, and Trick. Yes. Um what is the episode? So uh, Lover's Walk. Yes. I suppose we could do the wish. But I have it on my list. I'm just gonna throw this out here. There's one episode of Buffy I've actually never seen. What? Is it Doppelgangland? No, it's a men's. You've never seen a men's, you I, son of a bitch. I know. It's on my list. This was like, I don't know, I was busy that day or, I mean, yeah, I would have been in college then. I don't know. I was doing something that day or I didn't get home in time, you know, back to my dorm to see it. So I've never seen a men's. It's the only episode of Buffy I've never seen. Are you, were you confused by season seven then? Maybe a little. Because a men's, men's sets up the villain of season seven. That, that, hmm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. Um, it, I think it, I saw like the very end where it was like snowing and then it was like, okay, end of the episode. Yeah, I walked out of that episode thinking like, that's a really cool villain. I hope they do something with that in the future. I felt very vindicated when they made that the big bad this <laughs> season. Um, let me let me just go through my list. I have Anne on there nah, because I, feel like we I love Anne. Anne. I fucking love Anne. Yeah. Um, I, I even love the guy who's in every Joss show, Carlos Jacot in that as the villain. Cause he has, it's also, it's the return of Chanterelle, mm-hmm. but Carlos Jacot has the great ultra cheesy villain line where he says, you've got guts. I want to cut you open and play with them. Anyways, uh, faith, hope and trick. Yes. Band candy is one that you didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Lovers walk the wish amends, which is the, the band candy one. That's what the, all candy. the adults act like children. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We get Ripper. Mm-hmm. Ripper. And then like at the end of Buffy and the, you know, when you're not sleeping with my mother. 
uh, amends. My mom was thinking about you. She said you're like a stevedore. Yeah. <laughs> the the Zeppo and then earshot. That's my list. Um. You notice I don't have graduation days part one. And that's two interesting. Yeah. Well, let's let's say theoretically that we're gonna do two two passes at this, right? So, so let's, let's four tr- episodes each. Or three. Three. Three yeah. and three. Let's let's do three and three. So we gotta pick three. I feel like Anne's gotta go. Because there are okay. just better episodes to do. Okay. Faith open trick. It's the introduction of faith. I feel like we have to do that one. No, no argument. Okay. So then we've got Band Candy, Lover's Walk, The Wish, and Amends, and the Zeppo. We could probably skip Band Candy. Well, so we could maybe save the Zeppo for the second half. If we cut it we off. We could probably we do Lover's Walk and The Wish. What about Amends, though? I feel like I have to watch that episode. Well, I'm saying the second go could be amends the Zeppo and earshot. Let's see, amends the Zeppo earshot. Um, about bad girls, would we want to possibly do that one? Or, um, I don't really know where to fall in the place with all of the uh, faith is misbehaving and hanging out with the mayor stuff. That's the one where they accidentally kill the dude. I think is it okay? Yeah, we don't necessarily need to do that though. So, part one, we're doing. Uh, faith open trick lovers walk and the wish and then part two we're doing amends the zeppo and earshot yeah i can do that and i may just watch a few of these other ones yeah i'm definitely gonna rewatch uh band candy mm-hmm. yeah it's been a long time since i watched some of these but well I, th- I think you'll find it to be an enjoyable experience all right so yeah we'll be doing episodes three eight nine of season three to start off with we may do it next week it might be in a couple weeks um, otherwise yeah. I think that's about it for us any final thoughts no just um, balls giant balls peace <laughs>